0: of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal. Mr.
1: Me Troy boy.
2: Troy. And this is Annabelle Lecter.
0: Right, and we're joined by the fine people here of Thrust. We have writer and director, Victor Bonacore.
3: Greetings. Hi. Yay. Mother, Hi, Mother
0: Nature, Linnea Quigley. And we have Vera Allison Egan. Hi guys. Hello. Yes. Welcome everybody. Welcome. And I apologize that you're not on the banner right now. Because it was a lot it's a surprise guest here, alice
3: Allison. Allison.
0: Can, I'm here. That's all that counts, right? Exactly. That's what matters. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> so uh for people not aware yet of Thrust, give them an idea of what they're in for, Victor.
3: Oh, okay. Well, Thrust is a post apocalyptic dystopian society where like we're living in a world where basically men have destroyed everything. So like the world is shot like they are doing. Right. And, um, it's kind of like a where we're headed movie and, uh, you know, crazy awesome badass lady gangs have taken over and they're running shot over this world. And, um, uh, they're kind of just hanging out. There's different gangs. And then there's one, the last absolute scumbag alive. This guy named dirtbag. Mike escapes this like prison slash hospital. And he's on the run and ready to slice and dice everybody. And then, and then uh, our two leads, Aloe and Vera, uh, Allison plays Vera and Aaron Brown plays Aloe. They uh, go on a journey uh, and uh, to try to kill the last scumbag. Scumbag Mike <laughs> is a great name, by the way. What is
0: Scumbag Mike, Mike is a great name.
3: Oh, that should be the sequel. Yeah, Scumbag, Scumbag Nick. It's in a dirt bag. Right.
0: Dirt bag. I'm <laughs> sorry, dirt <bag> Mike. <laughs> I got dirt my bag. dirt bags and my scumbags. <laughs> so either way, it works up. So, yeah. Allison, Allison, how did you get involved?
4: Um, well, Victor and I had wanted, wanted to, work to, work to work together for a while. A while. So of his a number of years ago um, and it kind of fell through or whatever and he asked me I don't know about what like seven months or so before we started filming I was actually supposed to be a completely different role and what was it about like a what maybe a month before we started filming you asked me to play Vera I think so yeah. um yeah so it was I already played I was already going to be in the movie but I certainly was not playing one of the two leads and yeah um i'm really glad that it worked out the way it did though because it it, we would have had a much different movie had other people been cast and i think everything worked out exactly the way it was supposed to so i'm still very happy that i was asked
0: well what made what made allison right for vera victor
3: um what made her right for vera she's got the I, i so allison to me like she's she's very she she acts great with her hand she's very animated and i thought she'd be a great and i love that and it's just part of her personality and i thought that'd be great counterpart to erin who kind of is like kind of like the more chill stoner one and um I, and it worked perfect their chemistry is kind of immaculate and uh um, and I've known Allison for a while And I've wanted to, like I said, the other role Was also cool, the other role actually Ellen Church ended up taking over That Allison was about to Was, was gonna do, but then Allison Just, you know, it was When it, when I said, oh she's gonna be Vera It was just perfect, it was just like Okay, that it is meant to be Kind of, without sounding corny that's it, That is how it felt Yeah
0: And how about Linnea, now how did you get involved In all this craziness?
5: <laughs> oh well I've known Victor since he was fifteen years old. I'm saying that was. to embarrass you. But um <laughs> anything Victor does, I'm like I'm in. And he asked me to play Mother Nature a long time ago and I said, Yeah, I'll do it. Without that's, <laughs> that's all you I got to know. Involved. Right. Exactly. And, I don't know. And when,
1: and that's when all I needed busy. right from the get go. Boom. What happened
6: with that in
2: it? And Mother Nature is not what people like. People hear Mother Nature
6: and
2: it's all <laughs> No, <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> She's badass. She is. I was just saying, <laughs> she is badass. She's just got like <laughs>
5: men and it's just awesome. You got are, her little oh, yeah.
3: dirty dog, you know?
5: Yes. Oh, yeah. And a great costume. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, shout out to Batanya Grant, who did all the costume stuff. She (laughs) nailed it. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, when we shot Linnea's stuff, that was the only stuff we shot that wasn't in Dayton, Ohio. Everything else was in Dayton. That stuff, we had to go to the Poconos um, and shoot. We had, like, a day. Like, Linnea was doing two events back-to-back at the Mahoing. I think I'm saying it right. The drive-in in in Pennsylvania that does all the cool stuff. The Mahoening drive-in, I think. And Linnea, you were doing what like a VHS thing and then something for Joe Bob, I think. Exactly. You know it better <laughs> than
5: I do. Yeah, I was doing a VHS and and then Joe Bob show.
3: Yeah. And then it, the next we were weekend we Linnea in and it was like a thunderstorm and and we had like 4 hours of time that we could film and and we did it. Um yeah. and a lot of that goes to Linnea just being a trooper and You know, running around the woods with us. and uh, It's awesome, yeah.
5: It was fun. It was so fun. You did a stunt double in this.
3: (laughs) Oh, in that scene? Yeah. Which scene is this? In the Dirty Dog scene with Linnea, there's a scene where somebody gets picked up and they get thrown off a bridge into water. I mean, it's not like super high or anything, but... (laughs) It's still a stunt. Yeah. (laughs) put on the I just put on the stuff and threw in, you know. Not going to make someone do something they don't want to, so I was like, god, just you can clearly see my tattoos when I'm getting thrown in. <laughs> That's all right. So, so how
0: how did it come about linnea knew, uh knew you since you were 15? Was that a, was that on a movie or a little, what what happened there?
3: I was a little fanboy. I was a big fan and i flew out to i don't remember which oh. convention but i flew out by myself from long island to another state and i like was the first one there i was like 15 and i just yep. met her and then like <laughs> i think you had like a website fan club at the time or something yes i did oh my god it was like a part of that and then that was just, and then i we just remained friends forever and then i went to Film school, and I made a s- film in college, and I was like, "Would you be in this?" And she was all about it, and I wrote it for her, and it. Then we've been working together ever since, basically. That was pretty, right? Yes, yes. pretty. Oh,
5: yeah. Yes, yes. Can people get that now?
3: No, but I think I am going to release it with uh, when I do Blood Wings. I'm going to release release oh, all good. my good, good well, because it's, it's
5: really stuff. good.
2: That was a very <laughs> heartwarming story.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fifteen. So it's like uh, a pretty. I'm. I am thirty nine now. So that's a that's a long friendship. Wow.
5: Yes, it is.
0: Yeah. Same excellent. age as Linnea. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly.
5: I haven't known him that long. Mm. <laughs>
6: Man.
0: But I always like that about you, Linnea. Not to see here, but uh, you're always working with uh, like uh, young and and inexperienced directors and stuff and uh and, and you generally seem to it to enjoy it
5: i do especially when they're cute like victor
0: like <laughs> <laughs> well, i did meet victor in person so yeah he's, he's a cute man yeah yeah so.
3: buttering me up
0: <laughs> <laughs> so allison uh had you worked with Aaron before are you friends with Aaron? did you know her you know before doing the movie
4: no, not at all, actually. Um, we met the first day of filming. Um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd never met her, never worked with her. I mean, I knew who she was obviously, but yeah, as soon as we met, it was just like instant chemistry. Like we got along right off the bat. And when we weren't filming, we were you know, pretty much spending all of our time together you know outside of the movie because of the movie but we still like established a really great friendship and we have a lot in common and yeah no she was she was awesome and that definitely i think it translates to the movie quite a bit yeah yeah
2: definitely before you mentioned chemistry it's very mm-hmm. you have an amazing on-screen chemistry it's, it feels very natural um, thank you even though the movie is totally outrageous the two of you you have a <laughs> good on-screen relationship it's really really good I really enjoy. it. Oh, yeah. Oh, Thank you. Yeah. And you are also, I was going to say before, we talked about Linnea's mother nature badass. Your character is also mm. super badass.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, 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 pre- I appreciate you saying that, though, Annabella. It's Annabelle or Annabella?
2: Just Ann. A-
3: Annabelle. Just what? Annabelle.
2: Annabelle.
6: Okay. Oh,
3: Annabelle. And, um, no, because that's the point. Like, they're... They're, you know, supposed to be these lovebirds in the middle of this mm-hmm. awful, you know, this crumbling society, but their love is strong enough to bring them through, you know? And, uh, so appreciate you saying that.
6: Yeah.
0: <laughs> now I know when I talked to Aaron, uh, before the movie was made mm-hmm. and, um, and the original, you know, uh, title was, it was always Stross, but then it was, uh, it was a lot, it, it wasn't end of men. It was, uh. Uh, the shit-fucked shit fuck. vile love story So uh, I don't think is that Has that just t- totally been dropped And uh, was there just Maybe that doesn't fly on, on a DVD cover or...
3: Yeah so like <laughs> that, That's the name of the original story That right. Thrust was based on And it got And it was originally going to be called that And then we're like th- Thrust the shit-fucked But I was like why don't we just Separate it This is the story This is the movie and that that was like the final decision. It's always going to be based on this, but I think making it a separate entity, just giving it its own kind of—I don't know. Yeah, and just thrust. Just like that's all you need.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, I forget. I, I'm I'm sorry. I forget the name of the original author of the story.
3: Oh, Hannah Neurotica.
0: Hannah Neurotica. Has she seen the movie?
3: Oh yeah, she came to the uh, Pittsburgh premiere with uh, mm-hmm. Allison. Was there? She drove down from Canada. To come to the to wow, our oh, awesome! We had like almost a hundred people turn out at this. That's great. Oh, what was the name of the theater? The Harris Theater in Pittsburgh. Yeah, awesome. yeah The Harris. The Harris. Wow. Yeah, place. Yeah. Great turnout. Old school theater with like a balcony. I think it was like a porn theater in the seventies. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a and it, it, it was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was legit cool.
0: So I assume she liked uh she liked your rendition of her film.
3: She was very happy with it. Yeah, she was, which is awesome, which is, yeah, that was, I was very nervous if she would like it or not, but she was all in.
0: Oh, Linnea, Linnea, what did you think the first time you saw the finished movie? I was like blown away.
5: Um, it's, it's so like in your face and it's like two hours long. And I was like, I can't believe Victor did all this for not a lot of money. And and he had to like be the lead guy in it, you know. Well, not the lead, but pretty much the lead.
0: It's a very memorable yeah. scene for sure.
7: Yeah, it's
5: <laughs> really good. Yes, and his character is so liked. I mean, you just like him in the movie.
7: <clears throat>
0: yeah, you feel bet you you feel a lot of empathy for Victor in the movie.
3: You do. You do. I wish I had that empathy in real life, though.
0: <laughs>
5: oh, you do? Oh my god,
3: I'm gonna turn into punk, kid.
5: <laughs> yeah, you're a punk. Okay, we'll keep your uh, your uh, attitude there. Okay, <laughs>
0: since uh, Lene did bring up his two hours, a uh, question though did that um, did anyone ever tell you like the runtime? There's a problem with the runtime, maybe like festivals because sometimes it's hard to. <laughs> To, to put, you know, long movies and festivals. I know I've got a two and a half hour, two movies together
3: that very, Yeah, very much so. That is probably, if you look at reviews online, there's a lot of them too. And they're scary. They give me anxiety sometimes, but then I'm like, whatever. And most of the time they're pretty positive. They'll be like, could be trimmed a little bit, <laughs> a little long here, you know, but, you know, and I respect that. Uh, but I was like, listen, this is like my first real, like, you know, feature besides the documentary i did on van bever and i was like it took so long to get this thing going like why not whatever i felt i felt like it told a good story and there was a lot of good performances and you know but i am going to do a separate cut for um for a possible other release or for the screening in california coming up i think we're going to do a a little tightened version of it maybe cu- cutting 15 minutes ah. or so up wow sure. I, I, oh, yeah. I, you you are
5: we going to be very... cut?
3: Are we going to be cut? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I would, no. No, Linnea doesn't get cut at all. At all. Um, but yeah, just trimming some stuff up and I'm just going to test it out. I usually would be more uh, against that, but I'm like, eh. L- 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 let's You're see what I can do. No. It sounds like yeah, it's going right. to be
2: painful. It really does. It sounds like you really feel so strongly about every piece of this movie. It sounds like this is going to be a really hard experience
3: yeah (laughs) cutting it you mean (laughs) oh yeah yeah i know i it is gonna be but i feel like maybe maybe there's something to that maybe an hour 45 minute cut will just because i have been told by like distributors and festivals like hey Mm -hmm. we didn't take your film because it was two hours i heard that from a lot of festivals my response to that is well then have a limit on your festival length like just because i paid you 75 dollars for you to tell me oh wow
2: yeah, they you should know, pretty much say that up front. Don't submit
3: mm-hmm. anything longer than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Long yeah. Long. there was one guy who said to me from, a, I won't name the festival, but it was at East Coast Fest, and they were like, and and I just asked. I was like, that that's cool that you guys declined it, but can I say why? And they, and their response was, no one wants to watch a two-hour exploitation film. And I was like, <laughs> cool. Well, then maybe you should have had like 90 minutes max on your festival, because mm-hmm. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have submitted it then. then. You don't <laughs> have to know. say
2: it. You don't have to say it in front of our audience, but you should tell us so we don't go Because <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not
6: cool.
3: Right. So uh, yeah, that is the biggest complaint I get, actually. But but then like Terrifier Two is like two and a half minute, two and a half two hours, two and a half hours. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Which I mm-hmm. it's I two think and a half was, hours? Oh wow. Yeah, I thought yeah. it would be a problem, but I you know a lot of the things like that. I think people just the distributor stuff. They just go by. These preconceived notions that something can't be this long or whatever, but I don't know if the audiences always agree with this. Because the Terrifier mm-hmm. two did huge. I mean, that's yeah. reason why we've right. seen a lot of independent yeah. horror movies getting theatrical released.
3: Oh yeah, I yeah. thought it was a lot yeah. of fun it's too.
0: It's fairly short, I think. I think yeah, it's like ninety short.
3: minutes. About an hour and a half. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah
2: it's so sad that All Hallows Eve just gets wiped away from. The <laughs> It's, like, it's actually the first one, <laughs> but no one
1: ever talks about that. Poor movie no. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah, I really I mean, enjoyed it. You got
0: that a buddy behind too.
2: her. Yeah, oh, I when oh you very nice guest.
0: The what? Who's your Who's guest your behind guest? you?
5: Oh, this is the guest. This is um, Zealand.
0: Aww. He's coming here to like,
5: Aww. I've got like a bunch of dogs laying here, but that's Zealand. Aww. He likes <laughs> thrust.
0: Yeah. You have very oh. different dogs and Thrust.
5: Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I do. I'm always surrounded by dogs. That's funny. I forgot. Yes, <laughs> I do. It
6: well, was that, proper. That was,
3: like, that was like one of the things with like, Linnea playing Mother Nature because Linnea is like, you know, rescues animals. She's a vegan. You know, she's been an animal rights person for as long as I've known her. and I And I know that's one of her biggest. You know, things and I was like, Well it'd be perfect. She would be Mother Nature in the apocalypse, you know, and have her little dirty dogs picking up trash and okay. you know. Oh pun intended. <laughs> trash, <laughs> anybody get that?
0: Yes. Yeah. So Allison, well, like... when you get to see the movie, uh did you see it before um you saw it with an audience, or was that the first time seeing it at the premiere?
4: Um I actually did get to see it before the final cut. It was actually, it was about a year ago. It was our birthday weekend, Victor. Um, So it was like the first weekend in May last year. And that cut, what was that? Like fucking two hours or something. It was a lot longer. Um, So then when we did see like the act, act (laughs) yeah it was very it was long so when we saw you know we actually had like thrust weekend and went down for the like formal premiere I was like I have no idea how he's gonna trim 45 minutes off of that because to me it all seemed very vital and important to the film so yeah seeing the final cut though it was like there's some stuff that I'm you know it was like kind of sad to see it go but it's he didn't he did it such a good job editing it down so but yeah we saw the uh um yeah I think it was yeah it was like two and a half hours long I think
3: yeah. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. But I, I invited like 10 or 11 people involved in the movie to like to to watch it on a movie theater screen and just give notes and give me I you know where can this be cut. And it was very very helpful, very useful, very constructive. and I'm going to do that every time because it's good to get other eyes on it and and
0: uh Yeah. And uh, I would assume especially if you're editing your own uh movie cuz Um, you probably also have like the memories of making, you know, shooting it. And so maybe that means something to you, but does that mean something to the actual story or not? You know, it's really hard to, to watch. We're attached to that, that. but yeah. But yeah,
3: absolutely. Yeah. There's things that like you cut that you're like, but we did all that to get that shot. But then it's like, yeah. but then it doesn't, yeah. work, it doesn't work. You know, you right. gotta. Do and not everyone
0: something. watching knows that. So
3: exactly. So you make it a special feature. You make it a deleted scene or something. You know.
0: Yeah. Oh, Which, by the way, I'm, I'm sorry Troy, are you seen something? No, no, I said I'm good with that.
1: Always big on special features and yeah, bonus well, footage I, and things. Always, oh,
0: it's good. I am as. I mean, that's a big selling point nowadays. You know, not everything gets a physical release. So when it does, it has to have a lot of cool stuff on it
5: yeah that's true it was prominent over at um uh help me with the name it's not vinegar syndrome it's
3: terror what is it victor oh oh the company that put it out yeah yeah it's culture shock which is a partner label with vinegar syndrome actually
5: okay with vinegar syndrome it was like prominently displayed in their in their store it was like amazing
3: Oh, and the art, yeah. Vinegar Syndrome's got a store in Connecticut. In the archive, nice, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. I've seen a few people get copies of it there, and it's awesome to see that. Yeah. Um, This we uh, we have a lot of special features on there. We have a a three-hour behind-the-scenes. Wow, I like Uh, that. Yeah, just kind of fly on the wall. Like sometimes we'd bring the camera to set, and there was like, you know, somebody there if like, you know, that just wasn't doing anything. I'm like, do you want to shoot behind the scenes? And they were. Gung ho to do it. We'd get in the camera and they'd shoot. So. Um, wow, yeah, a lot of stuff like that, like music stuff and uh, a lot of interviews and short films. There's a short film we did on there too. So yeah, I love I love uh b- behind the scenes stuff on on uh Blu-rays mm-hmm. and stuff. So I was like, we have to give them a bunch of oh, shit, God. you know.
0: And uh, commentary track. Allison, uh, you did the commentary track with Aaron. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. uh,
4: I think we woke up, and um, we each had about, like, one cup of coffee, and we're like, okay let's do it <laughs> and uh our number one rule was we need to be nice we just need to be nice and not talk shit to anybody <laughs> but it was fun it was a good time when we were done we were both like we could have done so much better but i think it was i think we did a good job though
0: so uh when you go into that like what uh, is there a lot of preparation or you just sit down and let's talk about the movie as a place
4: we had both already how many times had we seen it maybe three or four times and aaron had probably seen way more than i had because she did so much of like the you know working on it with victor and stuff after we were done filming but we had already seen it a few times and i think we like wrote down some notes before we jumped into it but we're like let's just let's just watch it and yeah the commentary track is actually really
0: entertaining for
3: me to listen to though because it was a good time
0: That's I, I'm a big fan of commentary tracks, so I was excited that it has a commentary track.
3: And it was and like when we did it, remember I just I had to go to work, and I was like I set mm-hmm. up like the the stuff in my bedroom, and I was like, all right, I'm I'm starting this. <laughs> Press recording, I'm leaving, and I and I left. Yep. I didn't want to be here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Will it
6: took
4: Will took Riley to go get like lunch or something, so that way the house would be like right. nice and quiet. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, it was perfect. Worked out great.
0: Uh, and, uh, people know I'm also a big wrestling fan so that we have wrestling in for us as well.
3: Oh yeah, we do. That was like, the, cool. yeah, I love wrestling and we had a lot of wrestlers in the movie playing non-wrestling parts and playing, there's of course there's a wrestling gang in the film and, uh, <laughs> and, uh all wrestlers, real wrestlers in the gang. And then we have a few other wrestlers who played side characters, like Queen Aminata played um, Summer Eve, and then Aaron Williams played Pappy. And uh, neither of them had ever been in in a movie before. (laughs) Uh, They were both in my short film, actually, Triangle. But other than that, but just from filming their matches and their promos, I was like, they can act. I mean, they're great. Mm -hmm. And they're built-in stunt people, too. And, um, and
4: is it Pav, isn't
3: Pav also? Oh, yeah, Pav, one of the yeah. cops. He's a wrestler, too. And he'd never been in anything. And they just all have big personalities. And it's, it's I think wrestlers always make great, great actors.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Roddy Piper is the man.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep.
5: The movie's got a Quentin tarantino like thing going on with it. It remind me of Kill Bill. Oh. What what is it? Draw? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, thrusted. it.
0: In what you way? In what you, what? In if what it, way th- th- does it remind you of a Tarantino? Well,
5: it's got like these like crazy things like the the wrestlers and the skaters and the the guy with the nin, nin-, nin- ninchucks. Is that what it is or what is it? Yeah. <laughs> nunchucks okay ninchucks whatever (laughs) (laughs) but it's just got that weird vibe going on where you don't know what's going to pop up next
2: and all the characters are so larger than life and a lot of those tarantino ones it's like they
0: are yeah even the the smaller characters yeah they are
2: going on for them but they're ridiculous in their own way yeah you're right that's
5: that's a good
3: analogy yeah that's the thing. I wanted even the small characters, the little side characters, to feel important and to feel big. Like even if they're not super pu- important to this story, I want them to feel important to the world they're living in. So you get a glimpse of them, but you know they're important. Mm-hmm. So that that's what we were trying to get across.
0: That's anyway. a good connection to the what Linay said about a um, Tarantino movie too, because you know that those characters also live like their own life, so they have like a kind of in, you know they have interesting dialogue
3: yeah yeah mm-hmm. absolutely uh,
0: as far as the dialogue and when you're filming is there a lot of ad libbing going on instead or is this like all the dialogue really how it was written
3: uh, what would you say allison i would say it was
4: it was pretty true to the script with of course you know like small subtle changes here and they're like oh when i say it out loud can i say it a little bit differently but when you're You know, when you're filming like something just it might like, oh, can we try saying this instead? So I would say like there was some ad libbing, some stuff off the cuff. But it was I'd say it was pretty true to the script for the most part.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Yeah. I think we did pretty much stay on script and uh, Mm -hmm. just because there is so much dialogue. But then we just we, you know. It would be in like the heat of the moment, like if we're losing, yeah. song, we got to get a scene in. All right, cut, that <laughs> cut that line! Cut that line! Cut that line!
0: Cut that line!
3: you know. I other than that, it you know, a lot
0: cooler the way she put it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah, every you know what that was cool. Like everyone that came on came to play and was like, "Well, that sounded really dumb." Came to play, but everyone you know, <laughs> it came to show. Like, <laughs> Everyone knew their knew their lines, and it made the job easier. It made the movie easier. You know. everyone was uh, got their sense of humor we were going for too. So their delivery was on point. Yeah, I think that's what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah. Lanae uh, said when she saw it, she was surprised, you know you did so much with you know not a lot of money. And I think uh, so the locations all look really cool. Everyone's like their wardrobes look cool. I always like the interesting lighting in movies. And also something which I watch a lot of indie movies and a lot of them don't do this is the, um, the audio is very clear. Like you had people yeah. mic'd well.
3: Yeah. We took the audio very seriously. We, you know, we mic everything was a professional mic. And then we spent like two months doing like uh sound effects and, you know, uh, just making sure everything sounded perfect. Cause like you do watch a lot of indie films and, you know, the lighting and the sound is a lot of the times not the priority, and you know, so I'm I I gonna... like,
0: that's something that might not cost a lot that people could do to help elevate the production value.
3: Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. Yeah, if you're not distracted by yeah. bad audio, you might get some other stuff. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, we uh, very much want my movie to sound good and look good. And, and then, and if people like the story, that's awesome.
0: Uh, how about the locations? Um, I assume these are places around you. And wow. did you just like take note when you're around somewhere, like, hey, this would be a cool place to uh, put the movie <laughs> at some
3: point? Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah, like that abandoned school in the movie that was found. I I delivered for Amazon for like six months, the worst job ever. <laughs> and I like, and I'd be like driving around and like, like parts of Dayton I didn't even know existed. I'm like, where am I? And I'm like, well, this is an abandoned school. This is cool. So I take a photo of it and then the address. And then literally like years later, I had saved those photos and I went back there and I was like, this is perfect. And we and we just filmed there. And um, yeah, so a lot of them are just like driving around. And then over covid When it was like lockdown i would look for interesting things to do with my kid and like take her out to fun places and like weird so i'd I'd read like the weird ohio book and it would have like this strange place this strange house and we'd go and like look around and then half the time i'm like oh that's gonna that'll be a cool (laughs) shot so yeah
0: yeah. That, is it that where triangle like um where you made triangles during COVID?
3: Yeah, exactly. That was yeah, yeah. That was like pre-vaccine COVID time too. Triangle. <laughs> yeah. and we Which shot is, that. For so people don't place, know, that's a, a short film that's also
0: on the on the Blu-ray. Sorry to talk over you. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh no, no, you're fine. But yeah, that's on the Blu-ray. Yeah, we shot that at the Temple of Tolerance, just this guy's backyard in Ohio. It's insane. <laughs> His
0: yeah, backyard we is in the Temple of Tolerance.
3: It's named the Temple of Tolerance, and this guy built this like hippie temple in his backyard. And you could go whenever you want and walk around. And I went, was like, this is unreal. And and then I was like, we're gonna come back and film. And we went back, me and Aaron, and our DP, and we're just like, we're gonna just try to film it, film there because it's awesome. And I see the owner working on his fence, and I'm like, hey, would it be cool if we filmed some shots here? He goes, I don't own it, I. The people own it, or some hippy dippy project. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, awesome. and I was like, "Well, awesome, cool, cool." And, and we filmed it. <laughs> I
2: highly recommend people Google this because I just did. I'm like, I need to know what this is, and it's
3: yes, <laughs> it's worth a
6: road trip. Yeah,
3: it's in a town called Wapakoneta, and it's known for where Neil Armstrong was born.
6: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wow. oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. That's you
4: know,
3: like- no- than Mozart. it is, I think, Victor.
4: Wapak- What'd you K- say? Wapakoneta is closer to Toledo, I think, than it is to you.
3: It is. It's like it's yeah. like an hour and 20 minutes from me. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Makes me think of like the Hall of Justice for anyone <laughs> that understands that reference. <laughs> oh, <I laughs> yeah.
3: If it lives though? up
1: to the name, I like wow. it.
2: Isn't that like DC where Superman and Batman and everybody lives?
1: Oh. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, Justice Detroit? League, I think. Mean. Yes. Because then there's also the Legion of Doom. They uh, have their own little group. (laughs)
0: So, moving on. (laughs) Here in the chat, Uh, Marcia Miller. uh, What was uh, everyone's favorite part during the actual filming of the movie? Hi, Marcia. And she Uh, said hello to your dog as well earlier. Oh, good. Okay.
5: Zealand says hi back.
0: So, uh, Linnea, what was your favorite part of of act, the actual filmmaking?
5: I think just when
0: I got hit with the bottle and, like,
5: uh, fell down, it was really fun to do that. Because the bottle really broke on my <laughs> – it didn't break. I mean, it didn't break. It was oh. like – it just, like, clonked my head,
6: <laughs> well, <I hope laughs> which was
5: right, kind of man. funny.
3: <laughs> Remember that, Victor? <laughs> Breakable glass. It was it was sugar glass, but yeah, they, it, yeah, it it shattered. Yeah, for sure. We're just
2: uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> This will break eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay.
3: Well, I think it hit like you had like that. like a uh, head like um. Didn't you have like you had like a headdress on?
5: Oh my god! Yeah, that was hard.
3: I think he was like trying to hit the headdress thing on. Yes,
5: he was. He was instead of hitting my head. Dirtbag Mike (laughs) was so polite. It was great. It was fun seeing him all polite and then just horrible, you know, while he was (laughs)
3: filming. Polite Mike.
5: (laughs) Polite Mike.
3: Yeah. He's he's a
1: really polite guy. He's He's an entirely different
5: character. He's
0: just
4: so awful and depraved in the movie.
0: Who did we just see, Allison? We just saw your friend here.
4: This is Webster. He's my little black kitty. Oh.
6: Yeah, Hi, my Webster. Little Halloween
4: boy. <laughs> I knew he would eventually make it on camera. Here he is.
0: <laughs> and, uh, so uh, for you, Allison, what was your favorite uh, moment when you're filming the movie?
4: I've thought a lot about this, and people have asked us this, I think, at like every premiere. And my answer, I think, changes every time. But I don't know. I honestly I really did enjoy filming the lake scene. I thought that was really nice. Um because we were in the middle of, Is it a state park, Victor, where we did that scene? Yeah.
3: It's a yeah. state
4: park. It's a state yeah. park, so, you know, wow.
3: like,
4: we were we it you
3: know, in a state park. Yeah.
4: Yep. And um we got there super early like when it was like the sunrise and oh. um yeah, I was completely terrified. I'm like, that water is going to be so cold. It's going to be just absolutely miserable. And it was so nice and warm. Um, it was really nice. And then I think we we ended up we're like, okay, let's let's wrap it up because we could hear like people talking and do- dogs barking. So we're like, people were starting to come to the park, and we're like, yeah, we don't want an indecent exposure charge. So let's get <laughs> let's wrap it up. But yeah, that was that was a really fun day. That was a fun that was a fun time. Um, that and I think. I don't know. It was also really great, like being around with like the the wrestling scenes and stuff, and you know the the roller derby girls are awesome. But yeah, the wrestling was also a, that was a ton of fun.
3: I you, think Victor? that's my favorite stuff. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. the wrestling day was was so much fun because we we lost the location like three days before filming, oh, and then geez. we had this other great location, and we're like. Let's just get a u-haul and bring the wrestling ring to us. and <laughs> that's what we did. and then I know a lot of wrestlers, so I got two dudes, two wrestlers to like put the ring up and you know, a lot of times that's like a lot of people are doing that. a lot of the trainees will put the ring together. that'll be like 15 people. this is two two dudes did it, put the ring together and then um and then yeah, and then we filmed like three matches in the middle of nowhere. it was it was like, That was super surreal, you know. Uh, That was like that was so much fun, and I feel like everyone was there and things were like vibing at that time, Mm -hmm. like all the actors and you know it it was a that was a good 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 time. That was probably my favorite stuff. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, we got a Holly go frightly says she misses Linnea and she also (laughs) had a question. Tell Holly,
5: Holly, I miss you.
0: Uh-huh. And how did the Midnight Creeps get involved?
3: That's an awesome question. They are mm-hmm. a band that I loved when I was, again, like the same age like, I met Linnea. Like when I was like <laughs> 15, 16, I loved this band called the Midnight Creeps, and they were from Rhode Island, but they would play in Long Island all the time. They would like headline show punk shows in Long Island. And the lead singer was this uh, woman named Jenny Hurricane, and she was like just – otherworldly to me. I was like Mm -hmm. enamored with her and, and like scared of her at the same time. And, (laughs) and I just loved them and I followed them forever. And then we, as I got older and social media hit, we became friendly. And then I just reached out to them and I always pictured them having songs in the film. But then I thought it'd be cool if they were the house band for the main uh, girl gang in the movie. And they were, they were done. They came, they drove down from Rhode Island. They filmed in the, this crazy set uh, where we shot that stuff, and then they built a little mini tour around it, and toured like the Midwest after they played a our garage that we turned into the Punk House.
5: <laughs> they played CBGBs, I heard. Oh yeah, oh, really? yeah, oh, they they they're
3: good. Wow. Oh yeah, they're awesome. They and they and now they own a bar in uh, Rhode Island, a punk bar called the Scurvy Dog.
6: Oh awesome.
3: yeah. They threw
6: it. Yeah.
3: But they still That's put on me, and, yeah.
2: Destination scurvy dog.
3: <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> not too far from you guys, right? Yeah, you guys, wow. uh, I'm Very on
6: the cape pretty close to me. And yeah. and
3: don't you you guys, Neil and Annabelle you guys know Devin, right? From yeah. um Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Did, and I just saw a photo. He uh he met Linnea again uh, when Linnea was in um, Salem. Yes, yep. we
5: had pizza mm-hmm. together, yes. bacon pizza. It was great.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's great, and uh, I know he's open about this. He's really uh, turned his life around. He was—he's uh, been mm-hmm. clean for a long time. He looks awesome, and yeah.
3: No, he—he's one of the biggest inspirations to me because uh, this guy Devin. He was in this band called Sexcrement, and I did both of their vid- music videos. I went to Boston and filmed them, and they were like some of the most wild times I'd ever had doing anything. And Linnea was in both of them. And I became very close with Devin, the drummer, and he went through some stuff and he is like on top of the world now. He's like, just awesome. And he was, I needed him. I always want him in something, everything I do, whether it's like him giving me some music or acting. And I think he's a phenomenal actor. And he flew in from Boston, got to set. He was there for one day. He, he got, he dressed crazy and licked some, uh, wheels on a on a skate yeah he was awesome i he came he came to play there we go again
0: but yeah no he's a great guy he's very cool and it was uh and it's always fun too uh i like that when linnea goes places she has fun when she goes somewhere and doesn't just go there and then go back home i saw her a lot of pictures on her facebook going around uh, having fun in salem
5: Oh, yeah. Visiting cemeteries. I do the whole scary stuff.
0: <laughs> I think I think you've been to Salem more often than me and I live in Massachusetts. But...
5: <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no.
0: I love Salem. It's great. Uh, government G says Linnea is a queen. Much love from Iowa. That's an amazing name.
5: Oh, wow. OK. <laughs>
0: And uh, this is Joe Cash. Oh, that's not Joe Cash, but uh, we got a Joe Cash question here. Uh, well, actually, no, he just says um, he wants to get you to the UK sometime to be in one of his films. He's a uh, filmmaker in the UK. That's nice. That would be fun.
7: Yes. She's got so, her
3: passport.
0: What was that? Oh, she got her passport. Got yeah. her
3: passport.
0: <laughs> How about what, you, my Victoria? passport? You
5: your is record? that what you said?
0: You got your passport. <laughs> I, th- yeah. I think she thought you were trying to get her her password. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, not the password. So, I mean, uh, have any of
2: you done any film stuff outside of the country? Outside of the United States, I should say. Who? Well, You're from
5: Canada, right? Allison. Allison. Oh, that's right. Allison, Allison is from Canada.
2: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm oh.
4: yeah. United States, you know, oh. born and oh. raised. But Something no. Um, Canada came up earlier, so sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, no, you're fine. I don't care. Um, But yeah, no, I have not done anything outside of probably the Midwest, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Mostly like Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania, maybe Indiana, Illinois. Yeah, mostly just in like this region. It would be cool to be able to travel, though. That would be awesome. I would love
2: that. How do you like your local film scene?
4: It's not bad. I think that the Midwest in general has a pretty decent um independent horror, specifically independent horror scene. Um I've been doing it, which is great. I'm actually filming something I think next when actually, yeah, like next Wednesday. So in like a week with a local filmmaker. I've worked with them before. Um, so yeah, it's nice, you know, once you once you sort of like get to know people, everything it just branches out, you know. And yeah, making connections and stuff. So yeah, Toledo's um I don't know. Some of the filmmakers, I'm not like, you know, a huge fan of, but yeah, that's, you know, then I go that to happens. Victor, so it's fine.
5: <laughs> After you work with Victor, it's like everything else looks like little
4: Yeah. No, Victor is the best, dude. No, let me say this really quick. Victor is the most accommodating and the most respectful and thoughtful person. When we filmed, and I just want to put this out here too. So there are so many people that worked on Thrust. I mean, there are so many moving parts and Victor was able to coordinate everybody's travel, lodging food, you know, then like the, like the actual filming of the movie, it still blows my mind that one person could like really be in charge of doing all that stuff. Cause I cannot imagine it, but everybody was put up in a great Airbnb. Um, you know, he made sure all of our Airbnbs were stocked with snacks and, On set days were never crazy long or awful, or you know, we weren't stuck outside for like 18 hours or anything like that. And he just he really cares about everybody, and it's always a really great time working with Victor. So,
3: oh, I just
0: want to say that, yeah. (laughs) You're welcome.
3: That hit me in the heart.
0: (laughs) Oh. Yeah, it's very nice. Which I would think would be important on any movie, but a movie that is you know crazy the the uh, mm-hmm. you know there's a lot there's a graphic movie and stuff. So I you would think you'd want everyone to be comfortable, you know, you know making something like this.
4: Yeah, I mean you would think so, but I've also worked on other movies where there's some you know, you know whatever exploitation or you know any kind of like you know nudity or violence and other people that I've worked with are not so. I don't know the word. Accommodating. Here, Victor, accom- yeah. That'd be a good word, but yeah, Victor does a great job and obviously like make sure everybody's comfortable, make sure everybody's doing okay. Checking in with everybody, but yeah, no, Victor, he really did. He did a great job. And I think it, I actually think it shows in the movie. You can tell everybody just had a great. Time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fun comes through when you're watching the movie. Definitely. Definitely, Yeah. It's not, even though there's a lot of, you know, uh, craziness going on, it, it's not a feel bad movie.
4: Right. Yes.
0: <laughs> you know, it, maybe it could be, a you know, given the subject, but it, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, I mean, think it's interesting. Oh,
3: sorry. I, no, no, no. I want people smiling, having a good time, laughing, smiling, you know, mm-hmm. and then you grimace, but I want the overall to be fun. You know.
2: I messaged I think- Neil, I was watching the movie, and I messaged Neil that if it was filmed in a different way, I could see it being like a razor head level strange, but that is mm. not. A fun, feel-good.
5: Movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm, no,
2: it's really interesting how I could see it translated into different styles. But like mm. you said, you've got a fun movie. I think people can really get behind it. Get check out all the weird characters, and it's really fun. And Fair I think it's so much for you that you're here. Are two of your stars, and they were speaking. They could just like say nothing. <laughs> We're not showing up. Yeah. Not even up <laughs> what you're like to work with, and yet here they are speaking highly of you. That's a lot. I think, especially for women working mm-hmm. with
5: men. Definitely. That's true. That's true. Not
2: like yeah. all men are evil in the world, like as in your movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, his, um, he isn't. The, the punk yeah, kid. Punk <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh yeah. Punk kid is like the saving grace. Right. And Pappy too. Pappy's yeah. more of like the last the of the good ones. I, I like yes. the backpack. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right on. And uh I'm like, they need a protector. They need someone that's going to just, you know, be there to, you know, like, is they're all about it now. Like, he's one of those guys. Like, I'm all about this. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I'm all about the woman. Take the lady take over. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
0: Um, along these lines, Linnea, if you worked with, some, you don't have to name any names, but if you worked with someone who wasn't respectful and stuff, obviously you probably wouldn't work with them again. But would you like, <laughs> is that something you would tell other actors, uh, you know, especially, um, up and coming actresses, like maybe you shouldn't, you know, work for this person.
5: Oh yes. I definitely would warn them if somebody was not respectful. Cause that's like a big thing. That's a big thing. And if you're like having to do nudity or sexual content or whatever, it's really important to feel comfortable and not have somebody like, you know, degrading you.
0: Because yeah. um, uh, Mutual friend, you know, Trista Robinson, who's on the show every now yeah. and then, but she's very busy right now. We're well, good for her, but, uh, but she looks up to you and, and always talks highly of you and, uh you always great. Her, so, yeah, yeah well, oh yeah I tried to get her for something
5: sense. in New yeah. Zealand I don't know what's going on
0: oh really interesting yeah she's very talented yeah she's... oh nice and, uh yeah and a cheap plug you can see her in my movie that's playing festivals right
5: now oh yeah that's right
0: that's where I met Victor both 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 thrust and my movie played there it was very cool at yeah. uh, uh nightmares Wild. Yes. Yes. Okay, yeah. hey, cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Allison, um sorry, I don't want to talk with Troy. Uh what do you have coming up? <laughs>
4: oh. Um well I am I don't know where Victor went, but he'll be part of this conversation too. But I'm working on that movie next week. It's a local little short yeah. film, um, sort of just like nightmarish. I don't know if it's necessarily horror. It's just very, it's like an unsettling type movie. But um, Victor is writing uh, his next full length feature and it's called Labor Day. And I'm he's made a ton of progress on it. It's actually quite impressive, but I'll be the lead in that movie. So that's definitely a big project that'll be coming up soon.
5: Wow. Yeah. That's cool.
4: Yeah. yeah, I know. And he, he always updates me. He's like, dude, I wrote the craziest lines today for you. <laughs> and telling me all the people that are going to be in it and stuff. It'll be nice. It'll be like yeah, a yeah, mini yeah. mini Thrust reunion. There's going to be a few of the cast members from Thrust will be in it, which will be cool to get back and see everybody right. again. So, yeah.
2: I'm seeing that uh, about Terror Tunes 4, that this the community thing is uh, common in the film world when you will have these I don't know if ensemble cast is quite it, but a lot of crossovers—people mm-hmm. who enjoy working together and get involved in projects together.
5: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Joe Castro did TerraTunes Four. Yeah. Yes, and he's very talented. That's for sure. Yeah. He just had a birthday. Yes, oh, happy, yeah. happy birthday, happy Joe!
6: I love Joe. No, I think yes. Alison,
5: yeah. you said
2: you just had a May birthday. Victor had a May yeah. birthday. Our guest is yep. coming on after Brian just had a May birthday. Oh nice. Oh a lot of I have a May birthday. Do
4: you get out oh. really?
0: We all do. May, baby. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, happy birthday, Linnea. Oh, well, happy
6: birthday.
5: Yeah, I know. Happy birthday, <laughs> well, <thank> everybody.
0: <laughs> everybody yeah, is uh, having a birthday in May. <laughs> exactly. TerraTunes four they brought up here. Um uh, someone, I'm not sure of this question uh, Joe Cash as writers and directors do you keep a guest book or a journal for all the crew that's to write cool. down their memories of making the film
5: that's a great idea I don't that's cool,
0: yeah,
5: but I like that idea a lot
0: that's probably like something a diary that, you know yeah as mm-hmm. you go on later you look back and think oh that oh, would have been a cool thing to have uh, done well start doing it yeah. now
6: everybody
4: yeah that's a great idea actually I like that a yeah. lot yeah.
0: Yeah. now Linnea now I'm sure you have all kinds of things coming up uh, what do you have in the works and uh, would you ever revisit Mother Nature oh yes no, no, um, I'm sorry. Like, That's even idea. though I
5: didn't survive I I would definitely come back as a right. ghost well, Mother or Nature
0: I think is ever <laughs> you oh, yeah, you're right you yeah. can't kill it
5: yeah. you can't right. kill
3: it no. Oh, you talking about if Mother Nature can come back? Right, she can because <laughs> <Mother Nature. laughs> well, oh be What was that? Sorry, she'll be in the prequel.
0: The prequel, all right. Would you ever revisit this world? Oh, nice.
3: Yeah, I, I think I think it would be fun to do like stuff on some of the side gangs and um, excuse me, like oh, actually, Hannah the, the original the one who wrote the who wrote the original story Shitbucked, she had an idea about doing a sequel or a prequel i can't remember called scum girls and i and i and oh. i like the idea and i the idea of doing something with like i don't want to give the ending away but like with like another gang and cuz there's still things left kind of unturned and thrust you know there's still like gang rivalries that are left open and uh the hipster sisters are still running around and, you know. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, maybe. I, I, I would like to. I would like to do, like, other art forms. It'd be cool if there was, like, an animated version of Thrust or something.
5: <laughs> oh, my awesome. awesome. God.
3: Wild, yeah. <laughs> a Screamer
0: Claws. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, a Screamer Claws version short for Thrust. <laughs> yes. Love that.
0: I also want to ask Victor, um, since you brought up, you have to mention them, the festivals that, you know, said it was too long or whatever, and you wish they would have told you beforehand, but what are just some of the pluses and minuses of playing festivals?
3: Festivals? Like, I mean, when you, when you're in one, like it, it's awesome. Like, you know, it just feels great to feel like, Oh, somebody appreciated what we did and we get to screen it for an audience. I've had times where I got into a festival and not even talking thrust like other films. And I traveled really far and there's seven people there. And you know, you're like, wow, that, (laughs) but that's the name of the game, you know? Um, But like, like for instance, like nightmares in Columbus, like where I met you um, that's, that's a great festival. I mean, they take care of you. They make you feel really welcome. So the good part, I was never good at like the networking stuff. Like, You go into a room, and it's a bunch of filmmakers, and you're like, you know. I'm
0: a very awkward person,
3: normally. Yeah, especially in those (laughs) situations where it feels like a little unnatural. You're like, okay, I guess I'm supposed to schmooze a little bit. They
0: kind of forced you at nightmares. They were like, you have to go out and and talk to these people. And it didn't work, so it's
3: yeah, at Nightmares, we won Best Ohio Film, and they gave us like a really sick trophy. So I just walked around with that, and then people started talking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it helped. It was uh, a good people would
6: be like, Yeah, with the got trophy. The I like that. Yeah. It's going to be somebody, right? Yeah. I think somebody. I was very proud that, uh, of <laughs> yeah. Sometimes
2: when people are at your film or not, depends on when they put it. In the list of films, like if you're on yep. last on Sunday, not not <laughs> yeah that,
0: yeah both our films there are films. Awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because because it was a two-hour film, I either didn't get in or they put me last on Sunday, and that the happened. Wasteland
4: time. was like that, yeah.
3: Wasteland and even Tampa Bay wow. Underground in Florida. That was last one on Sunday too. And it it, it is, people are tired. People are like, Oh, I got to go home. I got to catch. And I get it. I totally understand it. So it's a little harder. People are fatigued at that point, but Mm -hmm. I nightmare still people, a lot of people came out and it was still uh, a very successful thing. Yeah. It's always good to play festivals and um, I like seeing other movies too. It's always cool to check out other shorts and, and uh yeah, festivals are the best place to see short films. I think you know. Right, but, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And um, there's a, something about you know most of the movies you see at a festival you don't know a lot about, and there's something fun about going into the oh, mo- into a movie without you know not really knowing too much about it, because so many times a trailer can give so much away of it. Absolutely.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Oh man, I hate that. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. And so real quick, when we premi- <laughs> we premiered a Fright Fest in, in London, and you were talking about night. Uh, um, Terrifier two be two and a half hours. They put us right after Terrifier two, and then they oh, did a special sneak no. preview of Barbarian. Uh, oh. Like, oh, oh my wow, god! This is In this at is a different giant. theater,
1: right? Like you had yeah. to go to another yeah. theater. Oh to no! See that, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so,
0: like when our Q and A was starting, people were like, "I'm sorry, but we're gonna go see Barbarian." Like, like, oh, jeez! <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: That, that set me up right there. Yeah. I mean, great company to be in, but. <laughs> right, you know, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But festivals yep. are fun. You know, they're, they're uh, not many negative experiences at festivals. There's been a few, you know, like I've been to where they're playing my film and then the ladies come in behind me, you know, vacuuming and they start putting <laughs> ice <in> the ice <laughs> there and then, like, the cleaning guys. <laughs> <ice>. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was literally <laughs> at <laughs> a festival <laughs> with everything. With Erin, and they're playing our movie, and then the the cleaning guys came in halfway through, and oh and god, it was just like this like, like an episode of The Office, like it was so funny, oh, okay. you got laugh, you know. But it, 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 it's it's a funny, it's a fun memory now. <laughs> yeah.
5: And the uh, next thing that Thrust is going to play at is in LA, June twenty second. Oh. oh, 22nd. Yeah. oh. And that's yeah. it's
0: cool to watch at home, but uh, honestly, move all movies. I think are better on the big screen, but I'm yeah. like this is better to watch with a group oh, yeah. of people too. Definitely, uh, yes. I think it's something yep. fun to watch with people.
3: Cool, yeah, and it's playing between literally, it's playing between Chopping Mall and then oh, awesome. Bl- and Blackula. So like, oh, wow. cool. and us oh, like <laughs> yeah, and doesn't Russ seem like it should be That's the
1: best,
3: and like. Thrust should yep, live somewhere between Chopping Mall, you know? I love it. I'm excited.
0: <laughs> that's oh, amazing. that's sweet. I'm a big fan of Chopping Mall, even though there's no chopping in Chopping Mall.
3: That's oh, true. Yep. That's, <laughs> <true. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It has um, one of the
0: greatest head explosion scenes
3: ever. And Paul Bartell is in it, right? Yes. You know? Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's so, like so cool. And then I think me and Lene are going to be introducing. We're going to be, I'll be there and Linnea will be there. And um, yeah, it's going to be a blast. June 22nd, the Shock yeah, a Go Go Fest.
5: Yeah, in Beverly movie. Hills, no less.
3: Oh, nice. Beverly Hills, that's right. And of course, Allison, nice. I wish you could make it. But Allison's you made know. like nine of the 10 premieres. So wow, she's yeah. like, <laughs> yes. She's the queen right nice. now, you know. You, yes,
5: <laughs> that's pretty good.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Allison came to Long Island with me and. Well, I got, we were doing the Long Island premiere. I came down with shingles oh and she,
4: oh.
3: yeah, it was oh. great. <laughs> that was, in, oh, no.
4: that was an insane weekend. Oh my God.
3: Yeah. So the, all
4: the Perfect premieres, fun
3: <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been surreal to say, to say the least, really like just having, being able to show people your movie, whether it's 35 or a hundred people, it's, it's awesome. And, uh, it feels grassroots, you know, to yeah. kind of, you know.
0: So uh, we mentioned, uh, so definitely if you can, if you could go to, yep. if you're out in uh, Beverly Hills, go to that. That'll be sweet. And uh, if you're not, still try to find it on the theater. But if not, how, where can people go to get the uh, the Blu-ray?
3: The Blu-ray is available on at cultureshockreleasing.com and on Vinegar Syndrome's website as well. Mm-hmm. And, in a few other spots, I think it's in it's at the archive in Connecticut. It's at Grindhouse Video in in um, Atlanta. I think it's in La- or Nashville. It's at a couple of the boutique uh blue uh, stores, and it's, uh, uh, yeah,
4: Toledo and too. I-, I found it at two record stores in Toledo.
3: Did you really? Wow.
4: Yeah. At well, my did record
6: exchange.
4: A- he texted me, dude, look what we got in." And then there's a um a record like DVD store called Your Media Exchange. And they have a shop in Toledo and Ann Arbor, and they both have it too.
3: Oh, that's awesome! Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, it it, it gets around. Then that, that's a beautiful thing. Like I, I love it. I love
0: it's it. Cool. Joe's asking if it's uh, region free, which I bring out because I did think it was region free. I think I saw that on. Uh... I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, because he's in England, so he's wondering about getting. Yeah!
3: Yeah! Right on. Region free for the masses.
0: <laughs> yes. Adam the movie hunter, Uh, hello to Linnea the queen, can't wait for June, he's coming to go see the movie. Adam
5: the movie hunter, oh good, he's going to come to see it.
3: He's coming to see it. Yeah. All right, Adam.
0: I don't want to give away this one scene, I don't want to give away any scenes, but I just want to bring up, because you talked about the runtime. And I think if you actually cut the runtime of your infamous scene, Victor, it would make it less funny. the 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 point that it goes so long makes it very funny. As opposed, to if you cut it down, then it might just feel kind of gross.
3: I might it exactly feel kind of gross, you but it. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're gonna extend that scene. Yeah.
5: <laughs> oh my god, the extended version.
0: <laughs> release the DJ cut. Yes, we'll get that trending. The hashtag. Release the DJ cut. So, anyways, <laughs> the rest are very cool. I think it really captures kind of like. um I think it captures the kind of movie you're trying to make, like an old. Like a, like a classic trauma movie or something of that era. It really feels like something from that.
3: Yeah. You know, a lot of people um, – well, thank you for saying that. A lot of people have been comparing it to, like, Donald J. Jackson or Donald G. Jackson. I'm, I might be saying it wrong. But it's the guy that did, like, Hell Comes to Frogtown. Oh, nice. And, uh, oh,
6: yeah.
3: And, like, people are saying it has – and I, I went back and watched a few of his films and I can see that. i only seen, like, two or three of his movies – but I could see it, and it's cool. It's a cool comparison. But, yeah, early trauma we get a lot, too. We get compared to a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think, you know, some people, you know, grew up watching that stuff, and they try to make something like that, and it doesn't really capture it, but I think Thrust does.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. I appreciate you saying that.
0: So if that's the kind of thing you're into, check out Thrust. Oh
3: yeah, check it out. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, Allison, you've got a movie coming. You're going to start doing a movie next week. And where can people follow yep. you to see what you're up to?
4: Um, my not very curated social media, I guess, if you want to. <laughs> Um, my Instagram is, um, holy white Rose and then Facebook, you can add me. I'm private on everything, but if I like you, I'll let you follow me. And it's just first (laughs) and last name on Facebook, but yeah, look out for, uh, Victor, when can we, uh, tell them we're going to start filming labor day.
3: Ooh, we can tell them now. When are we going to start filming it?
4: Yeah. Um, We talked when you, when you ran away for a few minutes,
3: but (laughs) Um, (laughs) hopefully start filming on labor day wow i think we have to i
4: think
3: that would work out i think that'd be cool yeah oh my god that's so soon holy shit (laughs) i know i know that's why i'm like hopefully.
0: (laughs) (laughs) can you say anything about this other than you're filming it
3: or sure sure i'll say the basic log line so labor day is it pre-thrust so it's like you're on the brink of dystopia but it's like the world is going to shit and we're living. It's about these group of people who live in the last town in America that hasn't had a mass shooting yet. And it's just, there's all this tension that it might happen. And there's these group of girls that are coming together and it, there's, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty political. And, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I feel like that's the movie I got to make next anyway. And, um, yeah. So that's that's basically all I can say about it. Uh the last town in America without a mass shooting.
6: Wow. Interesting.
5: Oh,
3: yeah.
0: That's about true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah you know, not to get but honestly like every time you hear one like it used to be like so shocking but almost it's sad to say but it's almost like oh, like you kind of forget about it.
3: Well, yeah. I was actually location scouting recently for uh, a main location for Labor Day. And I was talking to them and they're cool. And I know them and they're like, Ooh, they, I told them what it was about. And they're like, you think making Dayton had a shooting like five years ago, like a pretty crazy one. They're all crazy, but this was, you know, it hits close to home when it's right five minutes from you. And, um, they said they might, you know, this town's still kind of recovering from it, and it might be a sore subject. And I, my response was like, "Yeah, I think it's every town now. Like that's the kind of the whole point of this. Like it's mm-hmm. everywhere. Every city has something like that, and it's insane. And it's like a part. It's like engraved in our society now. And I'm like, well, everyone says do something. You know, there's like signs in people's lawns to do something, minutes. and this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna make a movie about it."
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm very fascinated by where this is gonna go. Is it still gonna be like
5: fetch it crazy? Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs>
3: With yep. Victor we're, it
5: would be. We're
3: learning how to do uh Mal Mac- Mal, uh who's in thrush. she's one of the roller Derby gang members. She also did a lot of the effects. Me and her are practicing squibs now actually, because we were a lot of guns in this one. So we're like, We gotta we gotta learn squibs. So Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Getting prepared.
0: Well, the effects look really good in Thrust.
3: Oh, right on.
0: Uh, this is, uh, <laughs> Nicholas Tana says, I popped in to say hello. Looking forward to seeing it when it comes out. Hollywood has steered me away from a script about mass mouse shoot, mouse shootings for eight years now. Figure wow. now it might be... A, it's a, Figure now it might not be so taboo.
3: Hmm. Or more taboo, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah it can go either way, I guess. Yeah.
0: And uh, where can people follow you? We just had a lockdown at Back to your home our school day. Was that sorry, oh, um, <laughs> What did you say, Troy? I sir? said we
1: just had a lockdown today at, this, at the school.
0: Oh,
3: really? Oh, geez. At my
1: school, we just had a lockdown today.
3: Damn. Yeah. It just cracked
1: wow. it twice. You know, made sure everybody it, made sure. Yeah,
0: it's so weird. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when I grew up, the. You'd have a it fire is. drill, but the idea of having, yeah. like, a drill in case someone comes in and yeah. shoots people is just... Well, now yeah.
2: for kids, even when they have a fire drill, they don't necessarily trust that it is a fire
3: drill.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Right. Which is mm-hmm. awful. I know. It's All probably, right. like, more... It literally probably is, like, Our more... Higher percentage that you have a shooting than a fire in the school nowadays. You yeah. Know? That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. It's crazy. True. It
1: is so weird. The last the last big school fire that actually there was a fatality was like
3: 1972. Yeah. I've wired wow. all oh, this strange wow. info lately. That's, yeah, that's interesting, yeah. though. I'm going to use that in Labor Day. I'm going to use that fact. I'm going to have somebody. Yeah. Figure. Yeah, <laughs> oh.
0: yeah hit, hit them with that one. Yep. So, uh, where can people follow you, Victor, to see what you're up to?
3: Uh, just Facebook and Instagram. I Facebook just my name, uh, Victor Bonacore. and then Instagram I go video Bonacore. and that's I it. I realize uh,
0: I've been saying your name wrong all this, for many years. It's Bonacor, not Bonacor.
3: Bonacore. That's Bonacore? That's <laughs> yeah.
0: Bonacore.
3: That's how you can make fun of an elementary school. Oh, Bonacore. I'm sorry. I,
0: I think <laughs> I've introduced you as Bonacor every time on the show. Oh, you know? I, I think it's. Fun.
3: <laughs> oh, it's all I love good. It. I was not <laughs> trying to bully you, trigger me or anything. Sorry. <laughs> Nasty Neil is
0: bully today. Okay.
6: <laughs>
0: I feel so bad. And Linnea, oh. people could just put in Linnea Quigley, and, and they'll find they'll find you everywhere. They'll
5: find me. They'll find me. Yes, I was actually hacked on Instagram the other oh, day, no. yesterday. Oh. But we Matt put an
0: end to that.
3: Oh no! Yeah, oh, man. We cannot have
0: we cannot have those so things happening. No, no, no. Quickly. That's
2: pretty bad. You're beloved by all that I'm aware of. So that's really <laughs> sucks.
5: I know. What was that scoundrel oh, that up to?
1: Month too. That, that, yeah.
5: That, I yeah. know. I dare oh, they. my God. Yeah.
0: And her return to Without Your Head. It's like, uh, you know, you're trying to mess up a good month here for Oh, Really? I'm not easily was about offended, but. <laughs> That is very true, though, yeah. Annabelle. I, pretty much everyone I know, I know someone who will say something bad about them. But I don't think I've ever heard anyone ever tell me, oh, I don't like Linnea Quigley. No, everyone loves you. Yeah. No, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that is so terrible. Thank goodness. Right. Yeah. Yep.
3: That, that yeah, is nice. That's really right nice. There, I think. You're the yeah. last... You're the last of the good ones.
5: <laughs> the oh, last. That's yeah. another good title for a movie, The Last of the Good Ones. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. Right, that's
3: right too. yeah. Yes.
5: The Linnea Quigley story, The Last of the Good Ones. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. That is adorable.
0: Well, thank you all for being here. It's nice to meet you, Allison. Thank you for having me. Yeah. This was really it was fun. fun. Yeah. It's good to see Victor and Linnea again.
3: Always. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Really yeah, appreciate it. it and fun.
0: my
5: internet cooperated. Yeah, it worked yeah, out. It did. Yay. It did. I'm like, I'm really impressed by the StreamYard. The <laughs> I agree. It works much it's better amazing. for me. It's nice. uh, oh, Zoom
0: yeah. is very uh glitchy mm-hmm. for me, but uh StreamYard works a lot better. This was oh awesome. yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. all web based. We'll yeah. go, we won't so. go into the tech, the technical reasons why it's better, but I agree it's much better.
2: It's been great to meet everybody.
3: Yes, awesome to meet yes, you.
2: Definitely. Yeah, it was
3: yes.
6: awesome to see everybody.
3: And you too, Troy, this way.
5: Yeah. <laughs> we're like I the guess, Brady absolutely. Bunch here.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we're on Hollywood Squares or something, you know? I love it. It is like that. Yeah. Now, we'll go over we'll to go the, the middle square, Victor, for, for the block. Yes.
5: <laughs> yeah.
0: There we go. Yep.
5: Well, I'm going to go let my dogs out. All right. Who
3: let the dogs out? <laughs> Who let
5: the dogs out? Ooh. Go
3: see the thrust. Mm-hmm. Go
5: see I, the yeah, can. Can. Yeah.
3: June 22nd, Beverly Hills. Love you all. Thank you for the support and all Thank that. you. Thank
5: yeah. you. Thank you,
6: everybody. Thank you. Two so queens
3: gonna... right there. Three exactly. queens.
6: Exactly. Oh,
0: very nice. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nice.
6: Right,
4: Good night, so... everybody. Good night, everybody. Bye. Gonna... Bye.
0: We're going to play a song here from our music of the month, Sorrow Seed, and then we're going to come back with our next guest, Brian Moore, artist and filmmaker. We're going to talk about the movie he wants to make, H.P. Lovecraft film. We'll talk about that momentarily. All right. While I get this right, I should have had it already right now, but instead, I did not.
4: I'm going to go take my kiddo to get some ice cream before the place closes, guys. All right. Good night, everybody. Thank you.
8: Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye -bye. Bye. Bye.
0: again thank you sorrow seed or music of the month thank you for the fine people of thrust and we're we are we are joined by artist and filmmaker brian Moore. it's good to have you here Ooh, oh frozen but it was a good frozen because you're yeah. smiling. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> now he's just gonna he's just gonna do that every once in a while and we'll think he's frozen <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh
9: Raising a, a coffee to everyone.
0: Yeah, I finished my tea. You got now your tea? started my co- now. I've started my coffee. I come double. Uh, uh, triple fisted. Sweet
9: go. Annabelle's got her kombucha. Uh-huh. Nasty Neil's double fisted, and terrible Troy.
0: What do you got?
1: We got uh, the blue Gatorade.
9: <laughs>
1: oh,
0: my I'm other drink. It, soo- <laughs> it sounds cool. The liquid death. Severed lime, but it's you know. Unsweetened world. I'm the old man of the group with a coffee.
9: Actually, all before the intros, I didn't realize terrible Troy and I had something in common until I I watched the last show and it was so much fun. Just uh, everyone's so enthusiastic about uh, th- the thrust film and working together. But the thing that grabbed me that Troy said was um, how many people uh, get uh, their pets from animal rescues. Uh, I've got two cats from rescues and my nice. terrible Troy. I have an African sulcata tortoise in the backyard. Awesome. <laughs> I could not believe it. Like, he's Mine's got a
1: marginated. What's yep. that? Mine's a marginated. Nice uh, tortoise. Yeah, yeah.
9: <laughs> I can't even lift mine anymore. He was about. Oh really? Awesome. Yeah. He was about seventy pounds when I got him, and now he's over a hundred pounds. Oh wow, that's awesome! Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, you can ride him around me by hundred years right. easily. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, yeah. Mine's already promised to the nephew, so. Nice. <laughs> Very I
0: remember, cool. <laughs> I remember when Troy got is he had to like he had to have someone to will it to. Nice. Yeah. It will, yeah.
9: it will live. Yeah, but when I, I got you. Hal,
1: she was the size of like a fifty cent piece. So you know, it's kind of. Oh bold. wow
9: how how big is she now? she's about six pounds.
1: About like yay big.
9: That's big,
6: yeah, oh,
1: yep.
9: yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Same. Uh, my wife and I actually uh, included uh, our tortoise, Bosco, the backyard dinosaur. Name, he even has his own Instagram. But he, go, That's he goes. That's awesome. With, yeah, he goes with go the house. Boss, which, whichever the kids don't screw up and get the house, yeah. Bosco goes with it. <laughs> you, you want the house? You got to take care of this freaking tortoise too. Yeah. <laughs> the nephews,
1: though, then they started to
9: uncle troy how old are you now <laughs> I'm
1: 55. how long do you think you're gonna live for like don't push me out quite yet you know they're, like, they're doing the math, she, man. Be here, guys.
9: Yeah. <laughs> too cool
1: you can come over and play with her anytime you know that's awesome man
9: hey that that last hour was really fun just hearing about everyone's sort of uh you know the the trials and tribulations of making a film but the the good fun stuff too it's oh, yeah. very positive and uh was cool i learned a lot you know it was very cool Ooh, well thank you for well, you're listening you're not a
2: stranger to uh the filmmaking world i mean you've been you've been in it since you were a kid well okay, i'm not gonna well, say years since you were young a yeah. younger
9: man here's how bless your heart oh you you were you you treaded the thin line and you were so good how you did that <laughs> no like everyone else uh i'm also a, a may birthday may 11th uh, I hit the big six zero, sixty years old. It's uh, you know you, you you think about it, it's like oh god I'm old. Then it's like wait a minute I made it in one piece. You know that that's yep. something especially these days. You know, but yeah, you're you're right. Since so I was a kid, I got my first film job at age twenty. That's been nice. forty. Can we swear on this show? I yeah. You know, yeah. Oh yeah. Forty fucking years. man. <laughs> that is, you're you're right that is a long ass time and that, that's why it was so neat about uh seeing uh victor you know even though he said he was just about to hit 40 he sounds like he's 20 years old he's got that enthusiasm oh, God, oh, wow, yeah. wow, wow i remember that yeah before life kind of wears you down <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um hp lovecraft's pikmin's model which you have you have the uh the the crowdfunding um People can go and, and help get made, which people have to do because uh, I see it's all or nothing. So
9: yeah, it, 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 Well, go ahead.
0: Sorry. I was gonna say, why Pickman's uh, model? What is it about that story that stood out to you, either as a story or maybe was, you thought it would it would uh, translate well into a film?
9: Well, when uh, so often when when you hear uh, that someone wants to tackle a, a Lovecraft story for film. Uh, th- there's you know people are like yeah i'm all for it and they'll rally around to work on it to throw funds at it and then you get this portion i don't know what what's the polite term today toxic fandom you know people who say you know they sound like the comic book guy in the simpsons you know where they say oh lovecraft can't be adapted to film sure it can if you do it right and if you take your time to figure out creative ways to do it you can absolutely do it um one of the things i I hear so often is love couldn't even describe the indescribable, which was so key to his stories that, you know, what's fun about Lovecraft stories is it really goes back to the theater of the mind. What you imagine, each of us imagines different when you read a Lovecraft story. But to answer your question, Neil, um, the reason I I chose Pickman's model was uh, my first one was, let's see, Cool Air, which uh, the lovely Annabelle. Lector has always been so sweet with leaving uh, kind reviews.
0: You're you're too good to me.
6: Amazing.
9: <laughs> but um, uh,
0: I was trying to show the up close okay. of the thing. So. Oh, okay.
9: Can we go back.
0: Ta-da. I'll I'll do it real quick here. Real quick. with yeah, this. Real it between,
9: quick. Hey, There we go. <laughs> I'll put it between the uh, half sheet for gun crazy and the original mm-hmm. one sheet for narrow margin. But there's cool, cool air. And uh, all the, uh, let me see if I can figure it out. There we go. Look at all that VHS. Oh, yeah. man. I'm one of those old guys who says, I'll never give up my videotapes,
6: <laughs> And I won't.
9: I will uh. physical media. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Pikman's Pick, model. Uh, number one, it's a shorter story. Um, it's uh, two guys in a couple of rooms talking. And that can get real boring real fast, or you can get creative and think, okay, well, how do we make this interesting? So you, you look at the, the other things that Lovecraft only mentions in the story. There's a mention of the Salem witch hangings. There's a mention of uh, World War I trench warfare on the Western Front. And there's lots of creative things that you can do to expand uh, to make it a more interesting film while still retaining the uh, integrity of Lovecraft, of two guys talking. And I know a lot of people don't like two people talking in a room. And uh, I don't know if it's more my generation. I grew up watching uh, The Twilight Zone on TV. And there's so many episodes, which are literally two people in a room talking for half an hour. My favorite episode um, of that example is uh, one that Richard Donner directed called um, Nervous Man in a Four Dollar Room. And it, it isn't even two guys in a room. It's one guy talking to his other self in a mirror. And the the way Donner directed it, he got so creative where it's this tiny little flop house hotel room, but it works. There's never a dull moment in this great episode that just moves. It moves so well. So anyway, my thought is, if you're going to have two people talking in uh, a Lovecraftian uh, sort of parlor in a Victorian house or uh, an interrogation room of a police station, which are some of the scenes... You can make it interesting if if you don't write scenes like Lovecraft wrote them, if you don't have people saying most assuredly and, you know, using this sort of archaic yeah. verbiage, you make the characters sound like real people do when they really talk, but you still have to remember this is a Lovecraft story. I'm not writing an O. Henry story or Eugene O'Neill or um, – I'm trying to think of, uh, I think uh, in the last hour, someone mentioned Quentin Tarantino. That dialogue is very emblematic of how characters sound in a Tarantino movie or the Coen brothers. They sound very idiosyncratic of what those people sound like. So it's kind of a, you know, you're, you're walking a thin line of keeping it Lovecraftian, but you don't want the language to get so archaic where it becomes boring or you lose people. They're like, I don't even know what the hell people are saying here. It sounds like a Shakespeare play that I'm not following. So it's, uh, anyway, why ask your question? Why, why Pickman's model? It was short and, uh, it lends itself well to, uh, you know, a lower budget film, uh, rather than, uh, doing something big, like at the mountains of madness, where you're, you're remaking Carpenter's the thing you're in the Arctic. And, uh, We've all heard about the, the great Guillermo del Toro trying to do that for years. And uh if he even he can't seem to get it off the ground, which I don't think is any fault of his own, it's bets to uh set your sights a little bit lower and do one of the more doable Lovecraft
0: stories. Uh so uh that's why. Blah blah blah. No, it's <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um I also wanna cause you mentioned the dialogue there, so you <sighs> And I also saw that in your pitch that you want to keep it of that era. Yeah. So how, how do you keep it of that era, but also, I guess, update the dialogue to some degree so it isn't like uh, like it is written at that time?
9: Well, the, the number one key is to largely keep the dialogue clean. You don't drop the F-bomb. Uh, you don't have people saying things like, you know, dude, things that are so common <laughs> these days. Right. We don't think twice about it, but you think, well, the 20s. And you know, you also run the risk of you you can either um, have dialogue that makes sense without making it sound like a, a 1930s noir film. You know, if you've got someone saying, you know, What's the matter, Joe? Sore, cause you don't got a dame falls in a parody of those great right. films. And I love those films. You can see it's uh Yeah, I I love film noir. So it's very you're consciously trying to adapt Lovecraft without making it sound like, you know, the Thin Man movies or uh, a Cagney film, which those those films work so well for what they are. But I think you can have people speaking realistically um, without getting too tied into a a specific decade. You know, for instance, if you have someone saying a, a phrase that nobody says these days, like everything's Jake. You know, you say that people, are like, what, huh? But then you look at a few older films. Um, everything's Jake meant. Everything's fine, but no one says that anymore. So it's like, well, do I put that in there, and no one's going to know what the hell these people are talking about, or do you kind of, you know, get rid of that limiting language? So it, it's uh, it's a tough one. I mean, you 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 go with your instinct when you're adapting Lovecraft, and I'm I'm certainly no expert at that. I. I write what I like and what I think I'd like to watch and you hope that other people kind of key into your vision too. You know, like I mentioned, Annabelle, she's so doggone sweet for, you know, really putting such nice reviews for, for cool hair on Amazon and, and other places. Oh, bless your heart. I, I read that like, she's so nice. I don't deserve this. <laughs> but you know, she's one of the few people who got it, you know, what I was trying to do or, you know, what I was hoping that I, could pull off and uh you know it's um Brian Usna uh you guys know him uh, the reanimator yeah, films yeah. and so many or more films yeah. uh Brian has a very different uh vision of Lovecraft than I do uh but he's a smart guy and one time I was uh, he was so sweet he, he gave me a uh a day badge to go to the American film market with him <laughs> and I was looking around and uh, for those who don't know, the American film market is it's sort of like the con film market, not the festival, but the market itself, where films are sold to different foreign territories and money's raised uh, mm-hmm. to get your film made. And when I was walking around with Brian, I thought, oh, boy, this is going to be a filmmaker's paradise and everyone's going to be this, you know, making their art. No, it wasn't. It was pure exploitation, car mm-hmm. crash movies, karate movies, wow. you know, uh you know, hoochie girl movies and all this stuff. And I walked around, this is the first time I went. And I thought, is everyone here making bad movies? And Brian kind of laugh. and I wasn't being judgmental. I just thought the bar would be set a little higher there. And he goes, don't ever, that if you think something is exploitive, that it's a bad movie. He goes, if you learn anything here, learn this one thing. There's an audience for everything. No matter what you do, you can make this, obscure film that you think no one's going to get, or you can make a, a, you know, an exploitation film, the right people love that kind of stuff. will absolutely find it, you know, and uh, I've never forgotten that. And again, he, uh, his vision of Lovecraft is very different from mine, but you can't deny his vision because it makes money. And that's what Brian set out to do. I don't know if he specifically uh, set out to make the citizen cane of horror films, but he's a smart guy his films all make money. Uh, So there you go.
0: (laughs) Well, I think a lot of Lovecraft, a lot of influences in, in horror stuff, even if they're not named after the actual story they're, they're, you know, uh, based on. Mm -hmm. So um, before we get into Pickman's model more, what are some, what are some of the uh, Lovecraft inspired movies you think are like the most uh, successful, not, you know, they make the most money, but for you, like I work the best.
9: Well, I, I tend to be a film snob. I mean, I like the good stuff and I like the bad stuff for a very tongue-in-cheek way. Um, some of my favorite uh, lo- my favorite Lovecraft films that inspire me and I can just watch again and again and again, uh, There, there's a handful of them that uh, jump out. Um, my personal number one favorite is a little-known Canadian film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on cable TV called Out of Mind. It's only an hour and it's on YouTube. If anyone wants to watch it, it's, the full title is Out of Mind The Stories of H.P. Lovecraft. And uh, it's got this actor named Christopher, Christopher Heyerdahl. He plays Lovecraft. And he, I think he was in, um, what, was it the TV show Hell on Wheel? Oh, is okay. so um, that the right? train uh, one? Yeah,
2: I yeah, think. A, oh, I, yeah, think I remember that. About shit.
9: the yeah, railroad jam. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. That's the I one. the Netflix yeah, he, thing, right?
9: Right, yeah, he's in that, but he's in tons of films. Anyway, he does such a great job playing Lovecraft, and the story jumps from Lovecraft's time to, uh, the film was made in the very late 90s, to these uh, two guys, and it sort of uh, takes bits and pieces of uh, Lovecraft stories, like the Statement of Randolph Carter, uh, the Dreamland series, you know, Lovecraft's fantasy stuff, as well as his horror stuff. Anyway, that, that's my number one favorite. You know, the music is good. The performances are good. And the writing doesn't dumb it down. The writing, you know, sets a level of, of excellence that just it resonates with me. Uh, next two favorites are my friends Sean Branny and Andrew Lehman of the H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society. They made uh, a version of The Call of Cthulhu. They made it like a silent film of when. The, oh the yeah, film.
1: I've seen yeah. that. That's tremendous. Yeah, that. Was oh my that god. Yeah. Feel, uh, yeah.
9: It's so it's so good. I mean that that movie is such a great example of what you can do on a low budget in a certain parameter, and they just flourished. They just pulled it off. You know, it's such a big story when you read it, but they they made it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, their second film was The Whisperer in Darkness, uh, which mm-hmm. is a little longer, but again they shot it in black and white. Um, they, uh, they just set the bar high with what they're trying to do. So beyond that, I would have to say, um, you know, God bless him. they rest in pieces. Stuart Gordon was one of my mentors. And you, you can't talk about Lovecraft filmmaking without the great reanimator. Uh, really? From from beyond is fun, and I thought Stuart really did a great Masters of Horror episode, a Lovecraft story called "The Dreams in the Witch House." That episode that so really, yeah, it. I thought thought it really nailed the short story with the feeling. Um, it's good, you know. Speaking of which, have you guys seen the new uh, uh, Del Toro Cabinet of oh, Curiosities? Yeah. I, I was think- thinking of that yeah. when you mentioned that. Yeah. What's your take on it? What do you guys think? I
1: really yeah. enjoyed it.
9: Mixed bag. To be honest
2: i think it's a real mixed bag um the witch house one
0: <laughs> i have to admit i have uh, not watched a show but i i have uh it's something i, I should have watched by now yeah, you'll
1: like
9: it yeah annabelle's right it it's a mixed bag i think there's what is about eight episodes and I don't everyone seems like they've got their favorite. You know, my, my favorite was the murmuring. It's uh, uh, kind of like a ghost story and about child abuse. Really sad. That the but final s- one. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. It, yeah. That one is the best one, I think.
9: Okay. Oh yeah. It, it was phenomenal. That one has the most heart, you know, and it's um, uh, it was funny. The uh, uh, you mentioned Neil, the uh, I'm running the Kickstarter for Pikmin's model. Uh, this is the second time I've run it because the first time that I ran it, it didn't fund. The, bu- the funding goal was much higher, so I learned a lot. But anyway, long story short is uh, I had sent the, the link and the images of the uh, prototype ghoul, the Pickman's model, uh, to Guillermo. He's uh, We're not like tight buddies, but we email once in a while. I, I bug him is probably okay. a better way to say it. But he's such a sweet guy. And uh, he, he he was so nice. He goes, uh, uh, I don't know if you knew, but we just did Pickman's model for Cabinet of Curiosities. And i like, what? And my heart sank. I thought, oh, my God. It, it doesn't matter what I do because, you know, he, again, he, he puts the level of, of good up there. And I was so worried that I thought, why bother? You know, he's got money. He's got all these great artisans behind oh, him. Oh, and
1: then you saw it, though. That's the thing. <laughs> You know, it's I, a completely different like spin on things. It, it is,
9: yeah. and it, it it was so different. Again, I, I'm very married to what I'm trying to do with it, and I watched what he did with it. Um, And I, I love what Guillermo says whenever anyone asks him about films. He says, "I don't slam, I support," and that's such a, a good, polite way. If, if you're not into something, you you, you talk about the good stuff because there are good things. Um, his, his version of Pickman's model photographed beautifully. Um, it, it's, it's a gorgeous period piece and it, it, you're, you're right, Troy, it it went in a direction that, that was so different to me in my mind, it was almost jarring because I thought, well, that's not what I'm trying to do. But again, (laughs) it's like Brian Eusena, everyone's got their own different vision of what they'd like to do. And so it's, it's kind of neat to, uh, to see the different things you know other people do, you
1: know. Yeah, it wasn't at all what I expected it to be either. No. I was
9: me neither. I mean, I think <laughs> the, the I that the thing that I really did—it's—it's it's good. You know, there's there's such a great budget behind it, but uh, I think but Annabelle, you had said me
1: of like an old like night gallery.
9: Yeah, yeah, which again is really cool what they did on Night Gallery for Pickman's Model, very yeah. very seventies, oh, yeah, you know, very yep. very universal backlot, but it, it's fun and that's the charm of it. Yeah. Uh, the, the I think Annabelle we we mentioned Dreams in the Witch House and you were like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs>
6: yeah,
2: wasn't my my dreams of the Witch House in my in my dreams, which is I, I did think love love is Brown Jenkins though. I thought
1: he was so cool.
2: Yeah, for me, it is really, really hard with Lovecraft because people take it to these, like, outrageous places. No, no, like, they're going to live up to his imagination by being extra outrageous. Yeah. But, like, I feel like with Cool Air, you really hit it. You don't have to be outrageous. There's something more to the story than just, oh, it's this giant thing. That's not really the point of Lovecraft.
1: Yeah, that'll subtlety I, to it, you know, Yeah. Find-
9: and it's always more of a, a feeling, you know, and, and with, with the um, Cabinet of Curiosity's uh, Dreams of the Witch House, it, it, at first it seemed, okay, this is the story, and then it went off into, like, not Harry Potter land, but it just went off into this, uh, like, a fairy tale in the woodlands kind of thing, which is cool, you know, yeah. you know, I would have loved to have watched that if it wasn't supposed to be a Lovecraft story, because it it seemed like you just said, Annabelle. It, it seemed like it got so far away from the source material. It was, it was a neat little fable, um, but it didn't seem like it was Lovecraft anymore. I think uh, one of the things I tried to do with Cool Air was um, to keep it strictly the story, but in order to avoid like um, like a two dimensional cardboard cutout of stock horror character, which is if if you're familiar with the story, there's a an old doctor who lives in an upstairs room that, he, you know, he keeps it completely cold all the time. And he never leaves his room and I won't give away any spoilers, but it's not too difficult to figure out why he stays in there. But I remember when I was adapting it, I thought, what must that be like, you know? And, and it's, I thought it was more important to kind of um, give a, a humanity to this old doctor and to wonder, you know, what is that like? And, uh, mm. you know, just came up with a, little monologue about lost love that, you know, you're sitting there writing going, oh yeah, this is turning out good. I'm a good writer. Yeah. Right. But you know, you, you, you think these things, these lofty things until it gets in the hand of a real actor. Like we had this fellow named Jack Donner who just took it somewhere else. And it, you know, I'll never forget, you know, um, when we, uh, rehearsed it, uh, it was, uh, Jack auditioned for me as if he had to, He's such a good actor. And he, uh, Came over to my old apartment in a uh, like it was the summer. And he had on a baseball cap backwards, this big Hawaiian yeah. shirt, and these uh, big big pair of shorts. And I thought this this guy looks like an old skater dude or something yeah. like that, the way he was dressed. And then he did that monologue in cool air with the tears and everything, and it was so um, it, it kind of frightened me because you realize what's only been in here in your mind this whole time is right in front of you in a very real way. And you think, Oh my my God, you know, and then, you know, hired him on the spot. And, uh, you know, I think if uh, there's uh, any success in that my humble little Lovecraft film uh, it, it belongs to Jack. It isn't anything special that I did. It's uh, his performance. is just so doggone good. in it, you know, I feel like uh, any applause for that film is uh, definitely his you know, absolutely
0: where can people see
9: see cool air uh it's uh right now the DVD is for sale on Amazon uh if anyone wants to get it and the reason um, a lot of people ask uh where is it streaming <coughs> uh so far I've been turned down by two major streaming oh, really? horror <laughs> channel yep uh for uh and it again it goes back to your um uh Victor saying that his uh, horror film was two hours too long. And I thought, since when? You know, why is that? I've heard uh, Cool Air is too short because it's 45 minutes, even though the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences and the British Film Institute both define a feature-length film as 40 minutes or more. Yeah, you can say that, but 45 minutes, we all know, it's still a short. But... uh, um, uh, the other one said it was too short, and the other said uh, we're not into black and white films. Like well, All right, oh, so I I shit you not. So uh, the goal is, uh, you know, kind of like how we're uh, you know relaunching the Pikmin's model uh, Kickstarter campaign after the first one didn't fund. You cannot take no for an answer ever. You cannot give up. You know, one of my my mantras. Uh, to keep going is, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the, the film Glengarry Glen Ross. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so oh, you yeah. know the great. Coffees for Closers monologue. Um, <laughs> that, yep. There, That, again, the great David Mamet from Chicago, uh, that wasn't in his original play, but he wrote it in the film, and I know a lot of people don't like Alec Baldwin, but I love Alec Baldwin's performance of that. He's so good. The first time I saw that, I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. He's right. Oh my God. The money is out there. And that's, I think largely that's the biggest struggle for filmmakers today. Not so much putting together a a team or sitting down and writing it or getting the word out via your social media. It's finding the money because you will get told no so many times you'll, you'll, it really wears you down. It's so discouraging. And you know, like, like we all do, if you work alone most of the time and you're, your cubicle or your office or your spare bedroom with the computer. It's very, that, that awful insecurity and doubt will just creep over your shoulder and start whispering in your ear every, every time. What are you doing this for? You're wasting your time. No one's going to back you up. You're never going to find a dollar to do this. You know, besides your mom giving you five bucks to do it, all that stuff will eat away at you. So it's so hard to be your own best cheerleader. Anyway, the, the Alec Baldwin monologue from uh, uh, Glengarry Glenn Ross, the Coffees for Closers, uh, that just struck a nerve in me that you cannot ever give up. Even if people keep telling you no, or if some money and then they don't come through at the last minute, that's happened plenty of times to me. I think this, my story is not unique to me. It's, it's across the board. Every filmmaker, everyone who worked their ass off to get a film made will tell you the same thing. Money is the hardest thing to find, so uh, yeah, Yeah. don't ever give up.
2: (laughs) I have a question about, so you were saying that here is cool air, 45 minutes, you were told not long enough. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you then need to stretch a movie to somewhere you don't want it to be? Because Neil and I have talked many times about how some movies, they really need to be that in between space, oh, exactly. like not a short, short, should, short should yeah. not a whatever the feet, length you need to tell have. a story. Yeah, if they could just yeah. have that space to live in, it would be perfect.
9: The answer is yes. We'd even yeah. get that with,
1: like you know the writers, you know, like yeah. what yeah. what constitutes a short story, and then you know if you stretch it out into a novel or something like. Well, the
0: short you don't need that stories or novellas, dollar, novellas right? or, or novels of other writers. Oh, yeah. yeah. yep.
9: Well, here, here's a perfect example of how that ha- that has happened with Pickman's model. Um, I started working on this right before the pandemic. Uh, you know, we were all locked down, so we, I had to stay home. So I thought, you know, long story short, as I decided to, to adapt that one, I had hired a oh, yeah. production manager who who's worked on a number of horror movies that you've seen. He was recommended to me. A uh, really nice guy, really knew his stuff. And I said, here's my first draft of Pickman's model. He goes, how long is it? And I said, it's 63 pages. And this is what I heard on the phone. Oh, no. And I'm like, dude, hey, you tell me. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it sort of irked oh. me. But anyway, he said, okay, yeah, yeah. So already you, you get discouraged. And it's like, because ne- what Neil said, oh, yeah. that felt right. It, it was as long as I wanted it to be. And I've never been a believer in the, the old axiom of one script page equals one minute of screen time. I think that's bullshit. You can stretch it out or compress it as much as you want. You, you really can It's like rules are made to be broken. And I think that's another one that too many people uh, adhere to that long story short is I just never believed in that supposed rule. Anyway, uh, this guy who uh, was very knowledgeable, um, I paid him to break the script down and start budgeting, And he did. And he did a really great job. And he says, look, man, this thing's only 63 pages. If you want to sell this, you've got to make it at least 90 pages. And I understood why he was telling me this, because he's basically right. And so I said, okay. So I came up with a subplot that I added that had <laughs> that script right to 90 pages. And every time I read it, it was just like, this feels just wrong. This fit. feels, yeah. yeah, it feels padded. And I thought maybe I'm not a good enough writer. Maybe there's no more story to tell. And I just kept going back and forth with it. And after a while, I thought, you know what? I don't like the this new subplot because it just feels wrong. So I got rid of it. So the script for Pikmin's model is now 63 minutes. Um, I started asking around, you know, to other uh, guys and gals who had made their own films some of these films are an hour and five minutes like the old universal films. And those are constantly marketed. So I think it just goes down to make the film you want to make, and it's going to find its audience wherever it is. You will sell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, are there things you can put in it? Like, uh, you know, a karate fight or a car chase or a pie <laughs> fight to make it entertaining, more marketable. Yes. Uh, but uh you know the
1: best not advice enough five fights i think yeah I think we <laughs> exactly. need more yeah oh i see my old my
9: sculptor, my old, my sculptor buddy gage predice yeah. uh no restriction on film like
0: he's right it, it doesn't matter especially on it's... streaming because like uh yeah. i understand on network tv the the time like because they had to put the the ad breaks and stuff so at least it made some sense but yeah. Um, on, on streaming, it really doesn't make any sense, like it could just oh. be anything,
9: yeah, it, it, yeah, it, absolutely. The there, everything the is cool, different.
0: Not to you, one of the cool things about um, about uh, cartoon, uh, not adult swim is there's some oh. stuff on there that's like 10 or 15 minutes long, and oh, yeah, they don't care about you know the length, of it. yeah,
9: 100%. Yeah. You know, it's um. Uh, I, I think I mentioned I, I love uh, film noir, obviously, and I watch a lot of the the old-school uh, movies. they also film, Some Summer, an hour and five minutes. summer, an hour and oh, 15. Yeah. I yeah. love those movies just as much as uh, uh, my wife and I watched Steven Spielberg's Amistad last night. I hadn't seen it since it came out, and she had never seen it. That thing clocks in at almost three hours. Wow. Who cares? Oh, wow. It's a well-made yeah. film. It's epic. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful, yeah. like an old David Lean film, and it delivers. It's never yeah, boring. That- and, I, and I thought, well, how come I, I haven't watched this since it came out 25 <laughs> years ago? I forgot... What a really great film it is. And I think a story mm-hmm. is just a good story, no matter how long it is. Like, yeah. Exactly, oh, I
0: exactly. Mean, yes. a, a movie, just because it's long doesn't mean it's boring. I've watched very short things that are boring. If, if it's boring, oh, yeah. it's boring. Yeah. A lot of my favorite movies are, you know, like three hour movies. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Yep. I always it's, think and that... I like a lot of short things. I mean, it just oh, honestly, yeah. whatever appeals to me.
9: Well, let, let me ask all three of you. What are your favorite Lovecraft oh, films? Oh, I... And why? Because there will be a quiz <laughs> after.
2: <laughs> oh, why can't I? It's the German one. I love it. Yes, that one. Oh, it's my favorite. It's my good. favorite one.
9: Die I love Arb it. I think rocks. that
2: they they certainly do have like a limited budget, but I feel like it's very true to Lovecraft.
9: I the vibe like is there. It carries that, yeah. yeah. So
2: I love that one myself. There's you a lot really, of ones that I really enjoy, but that,
9: I think, really yeah. is true to the, to the you vibe. You get an A-plus, Annabelle. No, like no. No. <laughs> How about you, Troy? I wanted
1: to like Dagon more than I did. I thought it was going to be that movie for me. Mm, but yeah. it it was almost. It was close. They closed in on it, but mm-hmm. it just wasn't quite it. I think for you me, know. it's still uh, the reanimator. I, I take it enough of the reanimator. It's fine. I can watch that movie every every other day. I'm happy.
9: It, it, it's it never gets old. You're right. It's very yeah, 80s looking, yep. but uh, Jeff Combs is just so oh, he's emblematic. So perfect, I mean, isn't he's, it? he's like Carlos Frankenstein or Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yep. His yep. Herbert West is its its own great character. Yep. I know what you mean about Dagon. It was uh, it wanted to be a really great uh, adaptation of Shadow over Innsmouth. and it was different. Yeah. Um. The 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 soundtrack is so good. Oh, I love the soundtrack yep, in that. Yep. But it just got mean after a while. Yeah.
1: I don't know what happened. Like this neat little story just kind of took took a left turn and I was that
2: guy was very unlikable.
1: Who, yeah, which one? The, the the lead main
2: guy, the main dude. I found him very mm-hmm. unlikable. He was not a nice he just
9: was a jerk. <laughs> <So> he was. <laughs> I thought he, he was. Yeah, I thought they that he overdid it when he says two options. We're gonna do this or that. It's like <laughs> dude. You say that once in a movie, that's cool. Twice, okay, it's clever. Three times it's a running gag. Over three times, this is just lazy writing. No offense <laughs> to yep. the writers. It's like we we've heard it enough times where it's the law of diminishing returns, you know, that it, it loses its punch after the second or third time.
0: What about you, Neil? What What are your favorite? Well, Lovecrafts? I have to admit, I'm the only person here who has never read a <laughs> Lovecraft story, and I'm ashamed to say. Oh, okay. But, so uh, I'll go into that here in a second. But it, but <laughs> my favorite uh, is also Reanimator. Now, I have the last few years since I've been walking a lot. The last five years, I've flown through. I've I've listened to all the King, uh, not all of them, almost all of them. Honestly, all the Stephen King books I never read on audiobook. It's yeah. part of how I stay motivated to walk. Is I only listen to the audiobooks when I'm walking, and a lot of times it keeps me walking longer, oh, so good. I can that's read neat. more of it. And that's a win. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I should check out uh, some Lovecraft stuff.
9: Well, what would be a good one for for Neil to cut his teeth on? What What do you two oh. think? Hmm, it's a great question. I would have Shadow to give it a
1: That was like my favorite uh, yeah. Lovecraft story. It's pretty
9: good. Yeah. Yep. You know, um, my vote would be his shorter stuff because you're, you're right. Shadow Rinsmith's great. I remember the first time I I tried to read it and I got oh. so bored by the first 10 pages because it describes this bus ride along the, the New England coast and this you know <laughs> oh, really yeah. run down sort of shanty thing. And, and I just, it was my fault as a reader. I just didn't understand it and I got bored with it. And uh, sorry, I'm just looking at the uh comments while we were yapping here. Oh, Someone me. named Dorp Throat ABC, always be chopping. <laughs> that's awesome, <laughs> that, that's very cool. Um, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, um, Shadow over Rinsmouth is definitely my favorite. But I, I found when I got into Lovecraft, like his shorter stories, like Cool Air, Pickman's Model, From Beyond, oh, The Outsider, oh, yeah. they're all like 10 pages or less kind of good to they're good to cut your teeth on where you know even though like Shadow Rensmith and Call of Cthulhu and the Mountains of Madness they're only novellas he never wrote a full-length novel but their oh, yeah. work man they're so verbose yeah. they're so wordy and it's like when you read Poe like I said before his language yeah. his writing style is so archaic you know yeah, yeah. You, you sort of have to stop and it's not like reading <laughs> King who is just it's like eating popcorn in a movie. It's so easy oh, yeah. to to grasp and stuff like that, or at least read that's my take on it. But yeah, uh, yeah be maybe too. short stuff, Neil. You might dig it. But dude, if King is what's taking the weight off you, you're doing something right. <laughs> Stick with King. <laughs> I, I have to say I'm that running out of novels. To think,
2: I think a thing that for some people might keep them away from it is because it's not, it's in a way almost like, you know how Cronenberg doesn't really have relationship vibes like regular people. Yeah. Lovecraft does not have regular people vibe relationships at all. King is a master. That's one of the yeah. strengths of King is relationships that he depicts. Yeah,
0: even the, even the villains or who people who should be unlikable, uh, you get interested in in the King novels. 100%. There's like a
2: oh, stiffness yeah. to Lovecraft characters parallel to Cronenberg. You're it's, it's very otherworldly and part of
9: that is absolutely the right. Are yeah. No, you, you, you are right. Uh, Lovecraft stories. Mostly it's usually some narrator who, uh, you know, it's like the meme you hear. It's the, the picture of Lovecraft sort of smirking. And he said, they all lived happily ever after. Ah, just kidding. They all they're all dead or <laughs> insane. That's that. That's, there's a lot of truth in that. You know, he, you're right. Um, the relationships that that I've gathered are uh, I wouldn't say they're overtly homosexual relationships but when you read Herbert West Reanimator or the statement of Randolph Carter or um, from beyond, it's always two guys doing stuff that no, no one can know about. And I've heard other people talk about Lovecraft. It's like, did he ever write about a, you know an actual relationship? And I'm like,
0: I don't think he did really. Not, <laughs> not,
2: not healthy ones.
0: No, 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 that's for sure. Some I've noticed in the King novels, almost anytime someone has sex and if it's pleasant, it's just real brief. It's like a sentence. But if if he goes into detail, it's always something really gross or some uh-huh. yeah, type something type of... Yeah, something crazy's gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, it's it's, it's guy, right? usually not uh, of something pleasant. There'll be yeah, yeah, no issue with
2: that in Lovecraft because sex doesn't exist.
9: You know, you're right. The only the only time I ever really he didn't even broach the subject, but it was obviously part of it. Was shadow over Insmouth? These fish people, yeah. clearly for centuries, these yeah. things from the oh, bottom yeah. of the ocean had uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, miscegenation, where they had uh, bred with the people, and they made this uh, sort of uh, oh god, this this hybrid race of uh, just yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's funny people talk about Lovecraft's racism and his xenophobia, and they say it really manifested itself in shadow redsmith. And I'm like, you know, I I guess to a degree they're right. Uh, I tend to not, um, let that conversation ruin how much I love a lot of people, uh, you know, these days say, Hey, remember when it was cool to say you like Lovecraft without having to apologize for it. Yup. I do. (laughs) I mean, I think it's easy to read something into anything, but sometimes you just have to accept things for what they are and enjoy them for what they are. You know, Uh, granted uh, whenever I read, uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't say his stories were overtly racial. I think there were certainly comments in there uh, that could be taken that way, but they never bothered me. You know, a a couple of my buddies, uh, they're black guys. They're like, they swear up and down. I love Lovecraft. And I, I asked him like, look, uh, that's, that's a touchy subject, but did it ever bug you like reading this, you know, bad stuff Lovecraft said about black people? And they're like, dude, if I got offended at that, why why do I go on living? You know, we're all offended at something. So, they, you know, their attitude about it was you can find something to not like about everything. You know, they say some people don't like Star Wars because they, you know, Ooh, boo-hoo, it made me, you know, my parents aren't here anymore. Poor Luke Skywalker. Wah, wah, wah. I'm like, well, my dad's my dad died 20 years ago and i can watch star wars and not be triggered when i see luke skywalker's you know dad dying it's like that's just real life you know but again
2: to be thoughtful about it too like i went to the lovecraft festival last summer and there are just these epic amounts of panels about thoughtful discussions but but it is about lovecraft like people are aware that he his perspective is informed by some maybe not so great things sure. and he's still you know but you can break that down into well why was he as a man like that right and so there are ways that even if you feel like okay his his stuff has this tone you can still like it and also and you be can still separate about the art it
6: from the artist and, you know?
2: yeah and have it you know because yeah. I don't think he ever had the intention of oh, I'm going to write the story and have the subtext of yeah. All those evil XYZ people. I think that right. was just a part of him. And that just came out. Like sub-con- Like like often happens with art. People will have things come out. They might not realize they're doing it. Yeah. That's part of art is, and, and and I don't know.
9: And you're right. You know, when you're making art, you can't to worry about who you're going to offend this week because it's always some new grievance of the month. You know, and after a while, you just, you got to tune it out. And uh, you're right. You know, I I don't know if uh, the three, I know the quality of Annabelle's writing, certainly. But Neil and Troy, I don't know, you know, do do you guys write? Do you write short stories or scripts or blogs? Um, Very, very. Oh, cool.
1: Yeah, I'll draw neat stuff. But, you know, just write a storyline as far as that goes. But
9: Cool. But, I mean, you don't think, oh, I'm going to write about this awful thing. Oh, wait, no, that's going <laughs> to offend someone. I better not. You, you don't put the brakes on your own creativity is what I'm asking. Yeah.
2: It is tough, like, talking it's about... tough right now. To and,
9: uh, oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: and a lot
0: of...
2: thinking about what happens when you make something and the world comes out to crush it, that's yeah. tough. like, you're kind of like you're saying with a 45-minute movie, ultimately, you have to decide what do I care most about making something that I truly believe in, regardless of what people are saying around me, or do I really want to make sure that I make a profit of some kind off of this? Because yeah, just that awareness of the part of the reality is that there are people who are going to love or hate something based on whatever they, they think is one way or the other. People can go one way, very extreme, the other way, very extreme. And I think we do realize that as we create. And then the question is, well, that's the reality in the world and how do I move forward?
9: And, and you're right. I mean, it's the old saying, you can't please everybody. And you definitely yeah. realize that you you won't. I mean, when uh, Neil and, and Annabelle, when I met you guys in, in Boston about 10 years ago, uh, I, I was just discovering <laughs> how ugly You know, the the Internet can be if people don't like what you're doing, how, you know, some people, again, some people will totally dig what you're doing and other people won't. They'll say you suck in the comments section or they won't buy your art, which there it is. A lot of the Internet's really like
0: it's almost nothing like it's i kind of liked it or i didn't like it too much it's either like it's the greatest and it's ever yeah been it's made, all or nothing you're or right. It's, it this is the this like ruined my life and it's oh. you know the weight the biggest waste of my time ever it, oh. there's nothing like oh it wasn't that great <laughs> yeah, yeah it was yeah. okay yeah. Yeah.
9: yeah yeah exactly you know especially with lovecraft these days oh my god uh, right before Neil and Annabelle and I met, uh, I had put a bronze bust of H.P. Lovecraft in the Providence awesome love Library. Ah, bless your heart. Thanks, man. Um, it, uh, you know, through a Kickstarter, and hundreds and hundreds of people rallied around this thing. Um, we doubled our funding goal. It delivered on time, on budget. We had a really nice unveiling ceremony. And all was going great. And about, oh, I don't know, two years ago, uh, this activist in Providence, uh, Lovecraft Country, yep. came out on TV, which is very, you know, Lovecraft bad, evil, racist, you know, here comes torch-bearing mob. And uh, this activist in uh, Rhode Island, uh, Providence specifically, uh, said, how can the Providence Athenaeum Library Honor this horrible monster, this racial wow. horrible, terrible thing, and the uh, Providence Athenium Cave, and they put they took it out of public display. It is right now, the last I heard, it's in the basement, not even in the rare book room, the fucking wow. basement. I didn't and- have the heart to tell
2: you when I went to that Lovecraft event because for years, I when I go to Providence, I'm like, I'm finally gonna see this, I'm finally, <laughs> I'm finally gonna see it, and it's closed. There's an event, whatever. So I went this past summer, and it wasn't. They're like, no, that's somewhere else. We have this other thing out, and I'm like, it didn't make sense to me. So I I questioned it, and the two people who were there were not really excited by my questioning it. I thought it was very respectful, but I think they were very the hell with Lovecraft.
6: They are, they are. They didn't
2: have the heart to tell you, hey Brian, you're, you're like <laughs> relegated to the to the oh. back room somewhere. Oh, well, no, I got a lot
9: of emails of people who, who did tell me. And uh, one, one time, the last time I was in, um, uh, might have been around about the time I met you guys. Uh, I did the road trip with my daughter and uh, we made a pit stop in Providence and uh, it was still on display. And I walked up to the, uh, uh, I don't think it was the main librarian, but this uh, lady who was, um, there at the desk when you, you walk in. And I said, uh, uh I didn't say, hi, we made the Lovecraft bust over there. I brought, I brought it up for some reason. And she just went on an immediate rant. Oh, that vile racist. Oh, this, oh, that. Oh, no. and yeah. And I, I was just like, Brr. I just felt <laughs> bad. And even my daughter was like, what is going on? Because she, she's not a huge Lovecraft fan. So it was a surprise to her. And, uh, even then people were grumbling, but not so much, but all it takes is, uh, you know, one person online to, uh, you know, make the whole library look bad. And unfortunately, uh, uh, the library caved and I had written a, a very polite letter to the executive director, uh, who is now there, he's actually a very nice guy and he never responded and which, hmm. which hurt because I thought, Hey man, you know, if, uh, If I'm asking you about this, like, when are you going to put it back? And if you're not going to put it back, Mm -hmm. donate it to the John Hay Library across the street where they've got the largest repository of original Lovecraft material anywhere. Give it to them. You know, it's, if it was just me, I wouldn't say a word, but but I feel like you had almost seven throwing money at this project because they wanted to honor Lovecraft and to just put it in the basement because one local guy got his feelings hurt. It's like, really, really? You know, anyway, it, it happens. So uh and um, you know, it's just one of those things like you're you're saying that uh you put the work out there and some people love you for it and some will just fucking hate you. And the ones that hate you, no. it isn't even enough anymore to say, I don't like yeah. that. Dude, they'll oh, exactly. they'll will try it. and ruin your life online. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. never yeah. seen anything yeah. like it.
2: There's also something that uh, comes up with, with Lovecraft for me, having, you know, learned more about his life and how he did change over time. Like, he ended up marrying a Jewish woman. Yep. And there's been a lot of conversation about some of his works, perhaps, were directed in that direction in a negative way. And he right. did a lot of changing over time, as human beings are capable of.
6: Yeah. <laughs> Neil and I have
2: talked about, like, how it seems like once you've done this, like, devilish deed and you're just perceived as this like bad person there's no redemption like you are not allowed redemption so you're just relegated to like the trash heap and there's no option to come back from that and that's what a disservice to just humans (laughs) because we should all be given the chance to prove hey whatever happened happened and that's not me anymore
9: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm still amazed
1: that none of my heroes, like, have been the target of something Mm -hmm. like that yet. Like, because I always assume, like, our crumb is going to be attacked oh. by everybody or, you know <laughs> like you want to talk about some controversial stuff you know like oh God. Just go back through his catalog you know and Hello. like he God, loved that I, he was just I, like bring it you know, you know i which, since uh, i've been reading R them R
0: there's n bombs throughout okay. almost all of them i, oh, I don't yeah. know if people really talk about it maybe they do and i just not really seen it but oh
9: man no, I, great i've great got a there. huge star a lot of that Co- collection yeah you know oh. just uh all his reprints and, and uh our crumbs america one of the oh, books that on. that's, that's one of the best yeah yeah i mean i won't mention the names of the uh stories but it's uh, <laughs> the two in the back that they're i can see how they were taken the wrong way but crumb stuff is so entertaining you know but before okay. I, I uh continue i did want to mention there was a fellow who had commented before an engaged prentice uh, for those who don't know his name, uh, you should definitely know his word. Gage is another uh, uh, sculptor. He lives... Uh, oops. Sorry about that. He lives in Providence, and Gage sculpted this uh, magnificent life-size statue of Lovecraft uh, with the cats of Ulthar at the well, bottom. I, uh, I think there's a tentacle... Uh, yeah, just type in his name, Gage Prentice, and you'll see it. He finished this years ago, and... Uh, they, uh, him, have to do that his, right uh, now. oh yeah, it, it's so good. It's such a beautiful sculpture. Uh, Gage and the fellow who spearheaded the project, Niels Hobbs, who also puts on the Providence Necronomicon Festival, uh, both terrific guys, really nice guys. Uh, originally, they even had a, a place uh, ready to install this thing, and suddenly it, it almost happened overnight. Wow. Where Lovecraft, the name Lovecraft, became a bad word. And suddenly, you know, they couldn't place this statue. I mean, it, they could tell you more about it than I could. But uh, oh, that's it, yeah, as far as I know, this statue is still sitting in Gage's backyard. Sadly. Wow, no. It should be on public display. It's such a good statue. Gage did such a good oh, job on it. That's amazing. Looking. Yeah. He, yeah. And Gage's wife, uh, Morgan Greff, she was one of the ones who was instrumental with Niels Hobbs in putting my Lovecraft bust in the Providence Athenium. So it's, you know, you've got this group of people out there who are so Providence-centric, who want to honor, oh, there it is. Yeah, oh, yep, my yep. God. I think oh, fantastic. Man. Oh, Gage did such a good job. it's I, I really Ooh. dig it. The texture, you know, the tentacles coming out of the book. Oh, yeah, uh, the book Lovecraft's love telescope, you know, yeah, shows the show love for astronomy. It's so good. But anyway, uh, I, I'm hoping one day people don't have such a knee-jerk reaction to Lovecraft to say he was a horrible racist. Well, unfortunately, he did write some racist stuff in his private letters to people. I don't think in his wildest dreams he thought anyone would ever read his private correspondence. We all say things on the phone or on text or you know in private that we don't hear. Not that we consciously want to say bad things that disparage someone, but. I think in Lovecraft's time, he probably felt he was a failure, and no one was ever going to pay any attention to anything he wrote. Uh, I—it's a little bit in his stories, uh, but uh, it is what it is. I hope uh, Lovecraft' his reputation gets a little more rehabilitated in the future than it's been the last few years. And uh, who knows? You know, this film uh, Pickman's model—there uh, may be people who say, "I don't want to watch that." Lovecraft's racist, like. No, yeah. Don't don't cry to someone else. There's a lot of people who will want to watch it. So
2: and He was just like kind of a misogynist all around, unless you were Anglo-Saxon person. It was like, forget (laughs) it. (laughs) There was no, that was it. That's
1: pretty much all my heroes too. You know, you could go from, you know, Richard Corbin down and, you know.
9: Yeah. You know, it's funny. I remember my, my Gramps uh, who went through the Great Depression. And as a child, I remembered him saying, you know, he never used explicit explicit language, but he was very much of the same mind uh, mindset as Lovecraft, where the the racism wasn't overt. I viewed it as more of a, a classist worldview. Then, uh, you know, that really, you know, a lot of people when they defend the things Lovecraft said, it's they 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 cite the man of his time defense, and a lot of people say that's not good enough. Well, sorry, if you don't like that, that really is, was a, a worldview at the time. You know, you looked at uh, some of the magazines Lovecraft would write for, um, uh, you know, the Yellow Peril stories and Oriental tales where, oh, you know, oh, yeah. the oh, yeah, the, the Japanese people were looked at upon as, uh, you know, the insidious Dr. Fu Manchu. And it's like, that's yep, that's not so true. true. But yep. it's old copies, you know, that someone's Go always got to be the bad guy. But uh, I think it. But was you look cool. at anything
1: at that time period, even like the Warner Brothers cartoons. And oh stuff, God! You know, <laughs> yeah. and like how crazy a lot of the uh, not Tex Avery, but uh, some of his contemporaries. I mean, there's what is it, Earth Brown, and the I can't yep. even remember. Oh, the crazy, Cold black you know, It's a snow horse. white, coal black. black. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah.
9: yeah. Well, you know, what's funny and that about was
1: Bob that. Clampett. I think I think he did that one.
9: Yeah, I forget. It's. um. Uh, I think it's the Tex Avery Bugs uh Bugs Bunny uh um drawing a blank anyway. Uh I'm Irish and when I see these stupid Irish stereotypes <laughs> of the leprechauns beating the shit out of each other. Oh Mike and oh Pat, I'm uh, every time I oh, watch yeah. it, I'm shoes yeah, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's funnier than shit. You know yeah. why? Because it's true. I've known <laughs> lots of Irish people like that who get wasted and pick fights and it's like that might have even funny. been a Chuck Jones one, I stuff. think. What's
1: that? I think that might have been a Chuck Jones one.
9: Chuck Jones. With the leprechaun. Yeah. I got that wrong. It wasn't Tex Avery. You're right. But I mean, that stuff is...
1: Oh, yeah. But that's what I was... I was going to say earlier, as far as like length of things, my single favorite horror adaptation (laughs) of anybody and it kind of links everything together because it's a Robert E. Howard story who was, you know a pen pal with Lovecraft got made Conan the barbarian and stuff. Mm -hmm. And one of his short stories, which is pigeons from hell and rich Corbin did the, uh, the illustrated version, the comic version. I think it's 10 or 12 pages. It's the single most perfect horror story I've ever read. It's I like it even better than the original story, which I think is really, really cool. Wow, that adaptation is just awesome. And it's not your typical Corbin. There's no, like, giant-breasted women or anything like that. (laughs) There's great, like, you know, uh, undead and stuff. It's just awesome. Just wow, my little mind. I I don't know if it was... Yep. I don't know if it was in an old heavy metal or where it was was published. But if you can find Richard Corbin, I think the late, great Richard Corbin, I think he just died a couple years ago. Yeah, sadly he did. Yeah. Wow. Um, Pigeons from Hell from from Corbin. Based oh, definitely the, uh, look that Robert up. Property Howard so cool. story. It's so
0: good. Oh. That's awesome, man. <laughs> I want to show a couple of these. Uh, Joe Castro in the chat. He said that he actually has the old ones coming out soon. He did the right. uh, the Ooh, monster effects. One. Have you seen right. the stuff he's made?
1: The, the,
0: oh. Boom!
1: Mind oh. blown again.
2: Right, <laughs> Troy. I'm so glad.
1: Joe's Here's my boy. I mean, he just makes amazing beautiful. things. Neil,
2: yep. pull some pull some old yeah, ones. I'll
0: grab up. some. I'll find so some
1: Joe Castro. An <laughs>
2: Insmith it dude. It's so creepy. There's a guy with a big hole in his chest.
9: Yep. No, you got to. Now see you it. guys
1: have my artistic yeah. juices flowing. I got to draw. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <yeah.
9: laughs> That's cool. So, tell, what is Joe making? A, a film? Or uh, you know well, he's
0: can... doing the effects for. Um, uh, it's called the old one. The yep. old
9: one. Oh, very cool. Yes. Hey, yes. Joe. Good luck with that, man. It's all about Lovecraft.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. It's beautiful. Neil's fine in it. I know he is.
9: Yeah.
6: I
2: hope. Yeah. Give me a here. Best. Joe's a great guy. We had him on two weeks ago? Yeah, two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, really good guy. He's That's been in very... the industry for a little bit himself. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very, very
9: cool. Yeah, yeah you know what, what's so neat about um, the steer the Conversation Back, to the, the Kickstarter, yes. is that really is such a great um, leveling of the playing field because anyone can get on there, or Indiegogo, or uh, there. there's a few other ones. And uh, try and get a film funded, even if it's something that's you know five thousand dollars or less, or if they're trying to do something uh, bigger than that. Um, it, it I love that because you you don't really have to submit your script to uh, a financier or a producer or a studio. I mean, you really can you know do this you know DIY sort of thing oh, and yeah. get it done yourself, even if you're not a, a rich guy or a rich gal there are people out there if you sell hard enough who will buy into your vision uh who um you know i i think uh so often we oh my god right amazing wow joe that's beautiful that looks fantastic
1: oh Oh, wow scales are blowing my mind that's awesome wow
9: very love crafting. That's beautiful work. Oh, 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 my God. I mean this That's Joe
1: himself behind that one.
9: Oh, very cool. Joe, that, that stuff looks wonderful if you're listening. I'm really impressed. very, very cool. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, you know, it's uh I think the easiest thing in the world for us all to do since we're all creative and on, on one aspect or another, is to uh stop yourself. You know, you, if you log on to Twitter and yep. Yeah, Right there with you, hon. You're not alone. You know, you log on to Twitter or or Instagram, and it always seems like everyone else is getting stuff done. Everyone else has Mm -hmm. the money or everyone else has the secret of success that Mm -hmm. no one's bothered to tell you about. And you realize that just isn't true. It, It really is as easy as sitting your ass down in the chair and writing whatever it is you want to do what's the old saying if you just think of something it's a wish if you write it down it's suddenly a goal and that a lot of it really you know means you know you've got to sit your ass down on the chair and write down the things you'd like to do and if you say i'd like to make a horror movie no i can't i don't have (laughs) any money no one taught me how to get a camera and put it in focus and Hire actors. Well, sure you can do it. You know, you, you ask your friends, you know, the, you know, it really is as easy as that. I think if you just start letting other people know, Hey, I'd really like to make a movie or like you guys, oh, yeah. Hey, we'd really like to make a podcast and, Oh, we're never going to get yeah, well, it.
0: The term wasn't even around when we started in 2005. <laughs> and, yep, yep. Yeah. Well, I, I saw your yeah. intro and it's like, look
9: at all those heavy hitters you guys got. It's because you believed in yourself and you sat your asses down and you got organized <laughs> and you reached out and asked friends, asked their, well, friends. Uh,
0: when I started in 2005 and I asked uh, advice on how to get guests from someone who was on terrestrial radio and they gave me the probably the best advice was like, um, just email people and ask them. I know it sounds like stupid, but it's like, don't, don't try to get phone number, which I wouldn't have anyway, but like the worst they're going to say is no. And, that's yeah. what and i did i started emailing people and uh not every, not especially at the beginning not everyone was into it but sure. um it's kind of weird i remember at the time people were like oh i only do real radio okay. that's kind of like reverse now because like mm. more i mean you're more likely to be heard actually on a podcast than if you did like local radio in newark or something but I, I've know, unless it's for they, an event in that area i guess
9: you're right and I used to think that way. I'm like, ah, right. I don't want to talk mm-hmm. this pack and nobody's in a basement on a, what is a <laughs> podcast. We got, yep. Because, I, number one, I didn't understand what a podcast was because it was new. Um, I, I'm not good at technical things. Uh, bless Annabelle's heart. She mm-hmm. walked me through how to, yeah. I'm like, uh, you know, it's like the beginning of 2000. The monkeys of poking at the bones with, stuff you know so it's you kind of shy away from the stuff you don't know but you're you're right podcasts are so common these days and you look at uh you know the numbers it's like they've got over ten thousand subscribers look at all mm-hmm. the people who click like on their youtube thing and are like boy i can reach that many more people right. you know it's yep. you've got to do that i mean that's the great thing about social media mm-hmm. is you can reach so many people but the bad thing about social media It becomes a full time job of selling, selling, selling. Yeah, (laughs) you you be again. It goes back to the coffees for closer thing. You know, it's uh, sometimes people ask me, "How do you like being an artist?" I'm like, "I wouldn't know. I'm a full time salesman.
7: That's what (laughs) you've got
9: to become to get your work out there, or to what I call it, rattling the you know rattling the tin cup Mm -hmm. on the internet. That's all a Kickstarter is. You are begging for money on the internet to get your project done you know that's that's everyone's job you just have to get over your fear of saying hey can i have a dollar (laughs) yeah because most of the time if you ask someone can i have a dollar they'll be like yeah yeah okay i got a dollar (laughs) if you say can i have a hundred dollars you're gonna be like dude that's my phone bill no (laughs) But everyone's got a dollar or a fiver or most And that people, adds up. That, that's oh, yes, yeah. man. Yep. Some of the best advice I got when it came to crowdfunding was someone told me you have to view everyone you meet as a walking $20 bill. I'm like, what got the hell it. does that mean? And they're like, it's the old carnies on the valley of the, the old neighborhood. Yeah, that makes day. sense. You've got to take the dime out of their pocket and put it into yours by talking them into it. And it's like, how do you talk them into it? You've got to sell, 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 sell. You've just got to get creative and charming and personable, you know, about how you sell. Because some people will be like, oh, "I'm an introvert." I'm yeah. well, then you're going to freeze and you're going to starve and you won't get your project funded. You have to be a jabbering loudmouth, <laughs> you know, gotcha. to, to view everyone as a walking twenty dollar bill. And that's what a lot of filmmakers. The trap they fall into is they either don't think they should have to be a good salesman or a saleswoman uh they're afraid to ask people for money because they don't feel like they deserve it or they're not worthy enough and yeah i mean when i ask strangers for money i feel like they don't know me they have bills just like i do why should they throw a hundred bucks at my project but you'd be surprised if you just ask them A lot of people will. They'll throw their $5 bill or their $20 bill. Or, you know, uh, there was this one guy that I'd never met before that I just started posting all over my social media that I was going to do Pikmin's model again on Kickstarter. Because the first time I launched it, I didn't hit the funding goal. So I thought, oh, I'm a failure. And I sat in my, my dark office depressed. And I thought, did you really come this far? to only come this far? And the answer is no. You know, I put a lot of money into creating the prototype sculpture or creating the the pitch video. You know, none of that stuff is free. You've got to pay people to help you. A lot of people will help you for free, but you've really got to pay people for their time. And if you're going to come off slick and professional, like you're worth saying, can I have a dollar to strangers? You've got to up your game. Anyway, long story short is... This really nice guy, I don't think he'd mind if I mention his name, named William Malcomes. He's a retired attorney. Wrote to me out of the blue on one of my Facebook pages and said, hey, I'm a, an executive producer. And I'm like, yeah, I can't give you a job. And uh, I kind of blew him off the first time. <laughs> and he wrote to me again. And he goes, when's your Kickstarter? going to go live. And I'm like, well, a couple of weeks, yada, yada. And he says, I have money. And of course I went, hello, my friend. (laughs) And we continued the conversation via email. And uh, on the first day of the Kickstarter, he threw $7,500 at this. Wow! Nice. Good things can happen if you put the work out there, if you put yourself out there, some stranger will come out of the the ether and say i like what you do i want to help you and that's what william did and i felt like who is this guy <laughs> i didn't know him." but you know we, we we've obviously talked a lot since then but thank god for this guy believing in what i was trying to do because if you don't believe in yourself no one else will so at least give the illusion that you're 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 going to do this project, even if you don't have a dime. Just put it out there. God damn it! I I finished my script. I finished my poster. I I I've got the social media, and it's got to keep moving forward to get done. And eventually, the right people will say, you know what? I like your Without a Head podcast. You know, let me help you. I you know, do you have a a, a GoFundMe or a Patreon or something like that? Those people will come. And when they do come, you're like, thank you, God. Mm-hmm. You, know, just, you can't believe it's like winning the lottery, you know, but that's the thing. You put the word out there and uh, other people will dig what you're doing and they'll they'll want to join in the fun. So it's, uh, you know, a lot of bad stuff can happen, but a lot of good yeah. stuff can happen, too. And, uh, you know. Like Lovecraft, was said, sometimes the stars align. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's
0: yeah. been a big part of my adult. I started when I was in my late twenties, and now I'm in my mid forties. It's been a big part of uh, my adult life, and a lot of very cool experiences.
6: Don't
0: <laughs> you don't I've, look. We anymore. mentioned well, the
2: thanks. poster, and we uh, we a long long ago uh, interviewed Graham Humphreys. How do you pull these people in? Because I I don't want to forget to bring up Richard Stanley either. Like, you're pulling in people.
9: I I will tell you how I rope these people in. Graham is the sweetest guy you would ever want to meet. In fact, Neil and Annabelle, you might have met
0: him. He was at this uh, poem Vale. Yeah, I met him there. Then I met him at uh, Freight Fest in London, too. Oh, Then, then, you know, just the nicest guy would give you
9: the shirt off his back. Um, when I met him, uh, I, I knew his name, but I didn't really know his work. It was on the Lovecraft bus project. And he graciously did the artwork uh, for that project for free. And oh, wow. when we funded, I felt, again, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve this great yes. artwork. Um, I took my own money and I paid him. For the art, I asked. I said, "I don't know what you charge. Uh, I would love to buy the original artwork." And he very graciously said, "Yes." And it's it's hanging in my uh, my den right now. Oh,
8: wow. So awesome.
9: yeah, but the the reality is, um, you know, I I paid Paul Komoda, the sculptor yeah. who created the uh, yeah. uh, little uh, prototype. I I paid Paul. Uh, I paid Graham. I paid this production manager to do the breakdown and budgeting because some folks you can. You can get away with pulling the freebie. Uh, my friend Mike Bretkowski, who shot Cool Air, he's a cinematographer, uh, he very sweetly uh, shot my pitch video for free. Um, uh, uh, the music you hear in the pitch video. Reber, he was at Boston when we all met. Reber very graciously donated a little demo track that he had made. Um uh, they, yeah, the, I have two friends named Susanna Mosher and Dave Pascal who have created all the graphics for the campaign. They Photoshop them and create this stuff because I don't know how to do that. Uh, a lot of people yeah. have really given freely of their time and y- you get so grateful. But, yeah, if if you want to up your game and if you want a slick promotional uh, video or a campaign, you got to hire your friends who know how to do it better than you personally could. Oh, and yeah. you got to pay them. Uh, it's uh, And I, I, I should probably confess this because uh, the, these people are not cheap. They are worth every penny that you can pay them. And, and some people uh, watching this may think, well, I don't have any money. I can't afford to. Well, remember the pandemic <laughs> when we we're all locked down? Okay, here in California, if you are an independent contractor, the state of California gave you free money to stay home. Uh, I got some free money and I spent every cent of it on uh, uh, paying these, these people. That money wasn't mine. I didn't have it before, but all of a sudden uh, I got checks from the state of California for about six months. And I'm like, "Woo! I, I'm going to buy me a cool car. And pay. I love old, old classic cars. And, of course, I didn't. Uh, but I spent a lot of that money on hiring Graham, hiring Paul uh, hiring other people. So that's how I did it. I uh, didn't win a lottery. I'm not a rich guy. Uh, but during lockdown when we got the free money, that that's what I did with, with, uh, my California state allotment. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and failing that, if you don't, uh, get, uh, you know, a windfall of cash like that, sell your shit on eBay, sell your old shit. You know, it's, uh, like, like, uh, <laughs> like every other independent contractor or an artist, you know, when I'm having trouble meeting my bills, up on eBay goes the valuable stuff. That uh, poster, that one sheet for narrow margin. Yeah. <laughs> I look at that money in the bank. If I ever get broke okay. on eBay for 500 bucks because it's an original one sheet. Yeah. That's the reality. You know, I, I think people tend to uh, give the illusion that they're this successfully financially smart person to make films, there's no rules. You don't get a rule book in life. You don't get a rule book when you want to make a movie. You have to make up the rules as you go along. And if someone says you can't do that, you say, why not? Because you can't. Really? Then get out of my way. I'm going to do it anyway. You just got to believe it. That's what it comes down to. You know, I see that look on your face, Annabelle. No, I can't. Yes, you can. Coffee's for closers, and you're a closer. So are you. All you people are, because you you've got this podcast going on. What? Ten years now? Longer?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah it's two thousand thousand. What is it? What year is it? Two thousand. I've been on it years, for
2: ten more than ten years. Yeah, well, right. not in a row, but
0: right. Well, yeah, row. seventeen years, row. I guess so. Yeah, and it
9: was around no. way for me. Did when you guys began this, did you think no, oh, we can't do a pause podcast? No one's gonna listen, <laughs> yeah. No, no I, yeah. Man.
0: So, the, the real quick backstory I actually did a, a wrestling podcast first, pro wrestling podcast, and then our which is called In Your Head, and then the the Halloween special was Without Your Head, and we liked doing <laughs> it, so it became its own show. But really, I start, we start as a joke, like, oh, yeah, it was as a joke uh to kind of mock uh actual this actual wrestling show we we've listened to and uh and then people liked it and i was like i guess we'll start doing this and, and then i
2: came along it was like it's gotta be every two weeks the same day at the same time and oh yeah because without
0: your head was very it was like whenever we felt like it was doing sporadic show. yeah it's yeah, true or, well, it was, a lot of that was uh nothing against him but uh the other guy we started this show with he was uh he didn't want to do the show very often he also uh, was- didn't want to watch anything new he he, <laughs> he loves uh his franchise films he loves yep. uh friday the 13th part three and uh and which that's yeah. fine but after a while it's like we have to interview some other people besides uh the the uh the <laughs> cast of friday the 13th films.
9: Yeah. yeah exactly but again when you guys started did what you built it up to what it is today did you see it going to the success?
0: Oh, of- no, no, oh, lots of things, have, you know, come from it. Uh, you know, hosting uh, panels at conventions and, and, I have a movie, two movies and festivals right now. So it's been a really cool experience. And uh, literally- Annabelle and I doing all the dinner and movie stuff and going to all these conventions. And yeah, I never would have thought, and it's weird as it's going on, you don't think about it so much. And then everyone once, even when I watch my own intro, Sometimes I was like, oh, I've, a lot of these, and especially as I get older, like people that aren't around anymore. And it's like, oh, it's cool that we had them on and they got to tell their story. And it's oh, archived yeah. somewhere.
9: Well, you guys have a great reputation and you built that over time. Because, again, those those three magic words believe in yourself. <laughs> you know, I'm serious. I mean, that's what it comes down to, because a lot of times uh, sometimes you don't have someone, you know, telling you over your shoulder, hey, you know what? You rock yeah. what you're doing. Good for you. You know what? Keep doing that. You know, sometimes we need to keep hearing it when we don't, we do have to keep we convincing could, ourselves. The
0: negative, uh, It's hard. It's, you know, I should take my own advice, but I I, if I tell someone, Oh, don't pay attention to the negative comments. but it's hard not to, a lot of times those, uh, uh even if there's one out of a hundred or one out of 20, oh, usually yeah. those are the ones that stand out to you. I know you, they I think in life but it's, it's hard like not that, to, yeah. uh, not to let them. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: 4,000 people telling you, oh, you're doing a great job. And then you have that one person, <laughs> you're never going to make it stop. Just forget your dreams, you know? And that's the one thing oh, yeah. that always stick with you.
9: Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, it's the one mean person in the comments <laughs> section that will <laughs> yep. put you in a depression for days. Like, <laughs> and I'm going to crawl back in bed and pull the sheets over me. I mean, we're yeah. all human. You know, of course we feel like that, you know, but when someone says something nice, you that lights a fire under you to keep doing what you're doing because other people they get it you know they they definitely get it you know oh so, uh, yeah. joe
0: Castro says hello brian moore and uh he told me here in a private message and i'm sure he won't mind me saying some of this here although
9: it was uh,
6: private no no it's just <laughs> i want to go
0: all over it he just now messaged me that he's uh, currently sculpting for a movie and he needed motivation and it's fun to listen to this and, uh, and get some motivation from this. Hey Joe, that's so cool. And yeah, your, your monsters are
9: phenomenal. I mean, it looks like they're, unless I'm wrong, they look like, you know, silicone. uh, Oh yeah.
6: That's beautiful.
9: Joe, really nice stuff, man. That's so cool. You know, and, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah, you know, I've been there. I used to do what Joe does now. I uh, used to work in effects in, in mm-hmm. different shops and stuff. And uh, sometimes even that can get discouraging because most of the time it's you and your buddies wearing a T-shirt and dirty jeans and dirty sneakers where you've got plaster and foam latex and silicone on it. And uh, sometimes there's douchebags in the shop, but other times there, there's good people too. And it, it's good when someone says, hey, you know what, That that wrinkle texture you're putting on the monster – that rocks. That inspires right. me to, you know, ask you how how do you do that? You know, it, it's so great when you can feed off other people's creativity oh, and they're and they're positive and they love sharing, you know, like seeing Joe's stuff is what a treat that is. I mean, that's a, a guy who really knows Lovecraft. You know,
0: that's cool. Oh, this is, this person asked, Neil is at that a uh, that's bam Chucker's Castle. Uh Neil is at a motel helping <laughs> in the it, background. Dude it is that's over there annabelle did that for me for uh i think it was for my birthday one year i think it was no way Yeah. yeah. Did, little, did she uh, sing uh, the yeah, song yeah.
9: by ivan and the terribles
0: <laughs> i've had
9: it up i've had it up i've had it up to hear <laughs>
7: <laughs>
9: motel hell yeah. how can you go wrong you know also did this oh, for I Christmas did that. oh i
1: love that
6: one yeah
2: i look at things like that now and i'm like man i see all the things like often artists do at the time i was like this is great and i'm like
9: no uh, yeah. you hated that yeah why do you not put the stuff on, up online i never knew oh. you painted that oh
6: yeah.
9: why why are you not done. bragging oh. on the top of the roof that's incredible thank you yep.
2: thank stop you. being so humble. i'm not because i'm ADHD and doing a million things and have a, like a regular job that's distracting. I have a lot of distractions. I'm very easily distracted. this hat. Like, I want to learn oh. how to play the guitar. I'm going to write a script. I'm going to do this art. I'm going to do this and this and I have. I'm too spread out. Way too spread out.
9: I had no idea oh, you could paint like this. Check that
2: hat out. It was I on self That hat my all-time really favorite. Hard because I had to use negative space. I didn't use black. I on any of the black parts. I kept the negative space.
9: Well, why do you keep your mouth shut about this? This is great <laughs> art. Yep. Why are you so humble? Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Stop being so humble. That, that, Neil, hold up that Norman Bates again. That was incredible. Oh, yeah. If you that don't mind. That, that one's the balls. You should see the,
2: um, I have to say, one of my ones that I'm most proud of is the one I did of, the rabbit from Twilight Zone. you am going to bring
0: that up. It's great. Yeah, it's really, it's
2: very, I have to say it's very good.
9: Why are you not just out there every day saying, I, I rock, I'm the greatest? <laughs> oh, yeah. That was my little uh, clay version of Neil.
0: Nice. It's me with the Ooh. hat on. See? <laughs> oh, my God.
9: weird. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, you the hat was Neil's trademark for the longest <laughs> time. <laughs> oh, but I remember No, seriously. Someone smacked this woman for being so shy and humble. (laughs) You should be bragging. You're you're an incredible painter. Thank you. I have to be more prolific. I'm not
2: worthy. I I was more prolific and actually followed through. I'd probably talk
0: about it more. See
9: even Spam Chuckers Castle. I love <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even Spam Christmas.
0: Chuckers Castle. if if Spam Chuckers Castle Castles, <laughs> <laughs> great name. And that's what, like what you can take that to the
1: bank. Need. Yep.
2: I'll also love his picture.
9: I have not. I should. That would be oh, yeah. really fun to do. Yeah. Absolutely. I I had no yeah. idea you could paint like this.
3: Yeah.
2: I, I'm. St- what? Yeah. I make yeah. art. I make art. It happens.
9: You are way too humble. Oh. I I'm staggered how good that stuff Thank is. You. I really appreciate yeah, it.
1: Yeah, that stuff is great. Love
9: it. Oh my me. god.
0: Wow. So Who should, did we should I'm mention like all shy. Like I'm gonna <laughs> more... <laughs> Or you say Neil. <laughs> I was gonna say we should mention what are some of the perks that you can get on the, uh, oh, on oh the yeah. Case. okay. Let me go back into selling mode. Okay.
9: For only a dollar, you get my <laughs> eternal <laughs> gratitude.
0: Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
9: Worth every penny. Uh, The perks go all the way from a dollar, if you want to uh, throw that campaign, because every dollar gets us closer to the goal, all the way to $10,000. The average reward level that people seem to be pledging is about $150, which I I am thrilled. The most popular reward level is the Blu-ray. So when people say physical media is dead, no, it isn't. It, it's okay. far from dead. What, what's interesting about that is I'm finding that uh, there is an age demographic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people closer to my age, the big 60, uh, like physical media. They like DVDs and Blu-rays. Anyone under 30, which I can't believe it, will tell me the same thing. I don't own a DVD player. I don't own a Blu-ray player. I, can, you, can I stream it? They want to see it streaming. Yeah. So what what I tell them, what I tell everyone is the only way to see Pikmin's model right now will be the Blu-ray when we finish it. We'll distribute it on Blu-ray. And the reason we don't have a digital download as a reward level is I would like to get a streaming deal out of this. Mm-hmm. So I can't. You know, the minute, the minute you give someone a digital download, up it goes on all the Russian cheaty sites and, uh, you know, you won't make a dime off it, which is... You know, once it's out there, it's out there. But the goal is to get this out there the the right way. Um, Other rewards levels. Uh, People can uh, get a casting of the Paul Komodo ghoul sculpture, the prototype. They can get a bronze version of it or the actual paint master of it. They can get uh, uh, just today I released a uh, a reward level of the uh, Cool Air DVD with a poster and a signed script. Uh, And I was shocked. All of a sudden I... Put it up there this morning because when you run a Kickstarter, you've got to sell every single day. You have to feed the beast. You've got to make that post, and you've got to make it new and interesting. Um, If I post pictures of Paul Komodo's ghoul sculpture, every day people get bored. They've seen it. They don't care. But if I post a picture of this, all of a sudden it's the new bright shiny thing, and I I posted it this morning. I unlocked the rewards level, and all of a sudden – Boom, 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 boom! And I sold ten of them, and I'm like, oh, "Why didn't I do that a couple of days ago?" <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's you've just got to sell relentlessly every single day. Uh, you got to be the closer because I want that coffee. Coffee is for closers. So uh, other things you can get. Uh, Neil Gaiman graciously donated uh, ten copies of his graphic novel "A Study in Emerald," which is sort of a pastiche oh, rock between I Sherlock Holmes and Cthulhu. Yeah, Neil Gaiman. Uh, Yep. Those are popular. Uh, I've got, uh, Derek Hussey from uh, hippocampus press, who's such a great guy. He donated 10 sets of ST Joshi's biography of Lovecraft. It's a two volume set, uh, oh, wow. signed every one of them. So there's things like signed books, uh, cool sculptures, um, Blu-rays, uh, just all kinds of stuff. Uh, you can get some of my sculptures if that's your thing, uh, Lovecraft busts, uh, oh, uh, there's a Cthulhu statue. Just, just fun swag, you know, stuff that I would want if I would um, yeah. uh, fund a Kickstarter. Uh, one thing that is popular, which always surprised me, is uh, people can be in the film if, uh, if you want. It's not a cheap reward level, but uh, I think it's a $1,000, and people can come be a featured extra who's got one or two lines. You know, like uh, they'll be the one, and you know, that says Cthulhu went <laughs> oh, like that away. That. So that's yeah. me!
1: I want to be that guy.
9: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but a lot of people have generously uh, splurged for that reward level, which again, that means a lot because you know they certainly get to hey, Cthulhu photography.
1: <laughs> Everybody like do the mug. Cthulhu
9: high sign.
6: <laughs>
9: <laughs> so, you know, that, that's it. I mean, hopefully there is something for everybody. And uh, astoundingly, a lot of people have thrown money at the campaign for no reward. They just want to see the film made, which makes it feel oh, really yeah. So uh, hopefully, you know, you you do the best to make the Lovecraft movie that you want to see, but hopefully other people want to see. It's like the old saying goes, you run it up the flagpole and see if anyone salutes. Hopefully, they'll all... <laughs> salute, man. So that—that's what I got. You know, your your old uh, Uncle Bry gives you the dad speech on uh, <laughs> never giving up and don't quit and do it and tell more people about those awesome paintings. Annabelle actor, I never knew you, you're too quiet, lady. You should be bragging. that You're such a good artist. Oh my god. <laughs>
0: they were on display at the dark arts um, in texas yeah
9: anything
2: that's hard to not sell things it's very well depending
9: on when you go to a convention i always call it everyone's got the 20 bucks to buy a dvd or a t-shirt it's you want to get that hundred dollar crowd you know they it's expensive to walk in the door of a convention to
0: to get in yeah I think that's a good point. I'm not sure. Um, even though the convention's great, I'm not sure that was the, the place to sell like a lot of artwork. Just because like it's... People I mean, do I'm it. Not, I I'm, think yeah, I'm not saying they don't, but... That, that was in like a it's also hard to walk around with a painting if you're staying at a convention.
2: Well, I had prints too, I but know. I think it was also because that was... It was like the art show of Texas Frightmare, which was like in its own space. So a person would be like, oh, I want to go to the art show of Texas Frightmare, which wasn't the main
1: area. So the oh, foot traffic oh. was. Amazing. I would have loved to have seen that though. I bet Dude, that was really cool. Wild. They actually
2: had that Clive Barker original, which is very, very graphic of like a cat.
1: Oh, I remember seeing that. Have it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure no, it's very but...
2: violently. It's very intense. I mean, I got my picture with it. This is awesome.
6: <laughs>
1: How so cool there's
0: pretty
2: cool, cool stuff there, but not everything. Yeah, they had the,
0: the grandmother from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. Oh, yeah.
9: wow. The uh, corpse. Yeah. Oh, my God. yeah. Honey, you got to get your art out. I, again, I had no idea you could paint like that. You, you got to let people know you're, you're really good. Really? You're, you're very, very good. You know, again, I, I, I knew you, you know, as kind of like Neil's best buddy in all this, you know, Annabelle Lecter, what a cool name, you know, and, and I didn't yeah. know about Terrible Troy, but I knew about the podcast, but beyond that, you know, you and I have talked for a lot a lot over the years about just real life and had some great conversations, but not once in all those conversations did you say, hey, you know what? I'm pretty handy with a paintbrush. I never knew. You oh, are see, I assume you that
0: you knew all workout. this. Interesting I assume you knew as
9: well. <laughs> She's too <laughs> humble. She's too no, I
2: agree. It. I agree. <laughs> well now you know.
9: <laughs> Start blowing your own horn, lady. you, you have the right. You're that good. Thank you.
0: So I I uh, shared the Kickstarter here, and we'll have the li- link. I think it's on the YouTube everywhere. Everywhere you can watch or hear this, we'll have the link uh, for the Kickstarter. pip
9: it out, man! <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I sure I hope I haven't uh, jibber jabbered on oh, no, too it's long. Great. Or I want up too much no, time. No, of course I do
2: want to mention that there was an interesting discovery when I was chatting with Brian about the show, and that is coincidentally oh. he was
9: in a film with Linnea Quigley. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I, I will tell the story. All right. uh, round about the time we shot Cool Air, uh, it, it's unfortunately another guy who's not here anymore was Ted Newsom. Uh, Ted has made a lot of horror films or did over the years. And Ted was one of the directors on this movie that was called Attack of the Bee Movie Monster that he would shoot bits and pieces of with a guy named Wayne Berwick over the course of a few decades. Um, eventually they finished it and released it under the title, the naked monster. And uh, Ted had helped me make cool air. He was kind of my right-hand guy because I was in cool air. So when I was performing, I asked Ted to call a cut and action and he, and he did a great job. Um, but round about the time we finished, he calls me up out of the blue. He goes, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm like, nothing. What's going on? He goes, you want to make out, in a car with Linnea Quigley, and I went, goes, <laughs> I'm gonna put her in a scene in, in, uh, in the naked monster, but you have to know sign language. You guys play a deaf couple who are making out, and you look up and you see the monster and you scream. I'm like, Are you kidding me? He goes, No, be at my place uh, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, so I went uh, to his old apartment in Burbank, and there is Linnea sitting in the car. She's like, Hi. <laughs> Sweet as can be, it, just so nice. And uh, we went to, I think we went by Griffith Park somewhere. Um, I don't even remember whose car it was. But, uh, and I don't remember how Linnea learned sign language or how I did. I think Ted might have had a, a video or something. And, yeah, and we're sitting in there and we're, I, I don't want to offend any deaf people, but, you know, we're doing all this stuff. And sorry, Linnea like takes her top off and I'm supposed to be ogling her. Gosh, she was such a good sport about it. And it's in the movie. Uh, If you type in her name and the naked monster, I'm pretty sure there it shows up on porno sites.
2: (laughs) I don't know what kind of search history you have, because when I Googled it, I just found it on YouTube. Oh,
9: okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's the easy way. on YouTube. There it is. Oh. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Uh, yeah, my search history. Uh, we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty sure there's pictures of her and I in this car and her taking their top off. And uh, this would have been 20 some odd years ago. Ah, uh, misspent youth. So it was funny when she was on. I thought, I wonder if they're going to like have us say hi to each other i mean we got along fine there was no weirdness yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah it was one of those things where it's like uh she still looks the same i have white hair now oh well
2: yeah. it was a, i actually got to see the scene it's a very cute scene
9: i've never seen it
2: you stop it it's so cute Whoa. it's adorable it really is a very cute scene
9: oh. it's very funny oh my god i'll send you the <laughs> you you use what you slay me. I, I've seen a, an image of it on, online, no, but I've never... It. It's really oh, God, yeah, I can't... I don't know how to do sign language, but we just, we got through the scene. I think we just did it in an afternoon, it, you know, and you know, you move on, you forget, forget about it. And I think when you and I started talking about doing this, I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> way back <laughs> when it, it happened. <laughs> yeah yeah my a high point in my career it's been spiraling downhill ever since <laughs> <laughs> so there you go
0: the <laughs> so Pikman's model people could check out the Kickstarter is very exciting and this yeah. has been great we should do this more often you're great oh, yeah. uh, the time just flew by it's been a long time
9: oh yeah it's uh yeah I didn't even you realize you're yeah. so nice to, to have me and uh like i said in private annabelle you have not aged a day Neil, you the last time I saw you, there were two of you. You have dropped so much weight, you look great, man. Oh, oh, I appreciate respect. that. It's oh, the yeah. hard thing to do, whatever you did. I, I figure it's probably more than walking to listen. Um, to no, no. I mean, walking, I no uh, changed strategy. my diet, walk,
0: stop drinking.
1: It's not a crazy thing, it's not like he lives off of you know, no, uh, I
0: eat well, I like yeah, to eat, yep. so I bet. I uh, real quick people You're out there people i I see people who who ask for advice and and they'll try to just eat like like a grain of uh, like a piece of basil leaf and I'm like no you gotta eat food you gotta you know enjoy yourself. <laughs> um so eat uh, a lot of protein, leafy greens stay away from carbs, no um, alcohol uh, yeah I don't drink at all and um, so I eat mostly uh, chicken and seafood and then every once in a while eat some other stuff. And don't bother weighing your vegetables. You can eat like loads of those, and they're really not going to add up to anything. So, Dude, well, try to eat about four ounces of uh, of uh, protein, and then uh, load up on veggies. Hats off to you and oh, total. God. Oh, and no respect, sugar. I don't. Need, I don't to drop need a sugar either.
7: Every once oh. in a
0: while, I'll cheat and have something, but. <laughs> Again, you look like a different guy. God bless you for working
9: oh, so God. hard to pull that off, and that's you. not good. easy. And um, you're probably feeling better. You
0: probably oh yeah, much better. Oh, not yeah. only physically, but also helped uh, mental well-being quite a bit.
1: Oh, yeah. And I you're... forgive you for making me the fat brother
9: now. So. <laughs> oh
0: no, no, you're the cool one. We're the turtle yeah. brothers, dude. We we
9: are tortoises, man. That's oh true. yeah, that's <laughs> true.
6: That's true. The tort <laughs> brothers. We're good. <laughs>
9: Oh man, wait well, No, see, you y'all are so sweet for having me on and just letting me jabber oh, on and great, on. Dad. And uh, hope I didn't talk your ear off uh, too much. No,
1: <laughs> it seems like we have a lot of like similar interests. Like, you could come on and the four of us could just yip yap all night about yeah. everything. And
0: so, and next so, time, I'll I'll, I'll have at least read oh, yeah. uh, one
1: or <laughs> two. Uh, <laughs> all love right, good, bad deal. And Brian, oh, yeah,
0: got so good as as like you about like on Yeah, absolutely.
7: Absolutely.
2: Annabelle too. Like, i Bumped it in there, like, and he worked on Tales from the Dark Side. (laughs) I love that show. Like, there's just so much that you That's um,
9: how old I am. I (laughs) worked for (laughs) a I
2: loved the show. So. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, maybe I I... bit younger than you were when you made it. But not, I was able to watch it and know what it was.
9: Oh, God. I I was 20 when I got hired on that and uh, made no money. You know, I'm in a bunch of them. You know, but that's what they would do was non-union. If you were there and if you weren't working wow. and they needed more people to scene, you, you got pulled in. And, it, you know, it was I learned so much on that show and, and it was oh, magical. Uh, just that everyone was there. They were just starting their careers. Um, I don't know if you, you wondered, George Romero never came down once. I worked on all the episodes that were shot Not on playing. the West Coast. Mm-hmm. He never came down. Richard Rubenstein came mm-hmm. once and I got to meet him. And uh, a lot of people seem to be a little bit icy about Richard Rubenstein. He was nothing but nice to me. He very much a producer, this man. But, you know, getting to meet him was like horror royalty. Oh, my God. Dawn of the Dead. Oh, yeah. Creepshow. All this stuff, you know. And uh, it was cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Tales from the Dark Side. I, I've been around a while.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. That's excellent.
9: Oh, yeah. It's fun. But, yeah. No, no more secrets. Annabelle, keeping your, your incredible talent a <laughs> secret. I can't believe it. I can't I believe do. it. No, you never told me. It's <laughs> like <laughs> so Neil held up and Norman Bates was like, you believe <laughs>
0: that?
9: Well, thank you. you. I don't remember who
2: commented on the Motel Hell, but I appreciate you. It you
0: was know. um, um Spam checker Castle. Right, right. Who, Spam is, who, is, who is Troy Oke? Okay. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. He's he's on Facebook now under his real name. Oh, very cool. I wasn't uh, doxing him. Oh, that's cool.
9: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you... Sorry, Annabelle, you need to be on without your head about being the premier horror artist. I like Uh, it. Listen, she's like, no, 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 no.
2: (laughs) I am no Graham Humphreys.
9: Who
1: is... Uh, yeah, I mean, it could be Pascal Gogos or somebody, you know, that's all right. Yeah, yeah.
9: Graham is uh boy, there's another one who uh and I mean this with respect, he's been around for a long, long time. Uh, he's um he I'll be polite. Graham and I are in the same age bracket. <laughs> but he started his career probably a little before I didn't the, the way I found out how long Graham was been around was um I had gotten an email. This sounds so name-droppy, but it is, but it's the story. Neil Gaiman. Uh he's he's always so sweet about writing back uh to emails and that sort of thing. And I brought up Graham once in an email, and he wrote back immediately, Oh my God, Graham illustrated a story I did that was in this fanzine in the mid 80s. And I'm like, I never knew this. And yeah, so Graham, he's been around for a while. They they know each other, but God, it, it does me. My heart's so good, such good to see how much, how, how all over the place Graham is just as far as working oh, yeah. a lot. Yeah. He deserves it. He's, I think he's probably the premier horror artist working today his, his is, his stuff uh, yeah. is so good. You know, I think he's probably the the heir apparent to Drew Struzan, who's, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the number one uh, poster artist. So, uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just great. And it's always cool. Uh he always does the art for um Fright Fest in London and yeah. does all kinds of cool uh movie and bo- and book poster art. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Some yeah. of his creatures are just so great. I love them.
8: Yeah.
9: Yeah, they're they're good. And again, he's the uh, sweetest guy you'd ever want to meet. He's just Oh, that's so good nice. to hear though. That's nice. Oh, to hear. just just humble. Uh he's not as secretive as Annabelle Lecter is. <laughs> Because he's making money.
6: <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> gotcha.
9: <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I, I won't jibber-jabber uh, any more than I already have. But uh, oh, awesome. thank, thank you for having me on. and oh, Let me just uh, get the word out about the project. Y- y'all are so sweet and so kind. I really appreciate it. Of course.
0: It. I'm yeah. glad you were yep. here. Come yes. back Great another time. We'll yeah. Have time. When are you about to make the movie? Then we'll talk yeah, you again. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, maybe y'all come out
9: to Los Angeles. We're going to stick you in the movie somewhere. Seen... <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> right. You need another Los Angeles trip.
0: <laughs> yeah. There we, you go. <laughs> we, when was the. Uh, was it October we were there?
2: Yeah. <laughs> October August we were there. Yeah. For like, we overlapped for like, what, a day?
1: <laughs>
7: yeah. Days? Wow. Oh, really? It was like the premiere and then. Yeah,
2: he was there for the premiere. So he got in early and for whatever reason my schedule happened. I could be there for like the day of the premiere. And then you were there the day of yeah, the
0: premiere of my movies were playing at um Screen Fest. Yeah.
2: And then I stayed an extra day because a childhood friend lives out there and I hung out with him. So he does not do anything with film. He did repair the odometer of Jay Leno's Random car. I don't remember what it is. He, he works repairing
9: odometers specifically. The Maybe only person
1: in LA not involved in movies. <laughs> yeah,
9: exactly. <laughs> if he can repair an odometer, that's no easy feat. I, I still have to repair my speedometer cable. I have a 1954 Aero Willis sedan, and every time it starts, it goes really loud. So yeah, I got to get in there, and disconnect it from the back of the dash all the way to the transmission mount. Yes, working on cars, it's it's a job in itself. So I'll, I'll call your buddy. I'm like, all right, you need to <laughs> yeah. need to walk me through it's this. <laughs> <such a> <laughs> cool. Well, let me know the next time you're all out, out in uh, LA. I will introduce you to Bosco, the backyard dinosaur, and uh nice And, sweet. and uh, we'll have some fun. Very cool. It would be Yay. great. <laughs> all right, you
1: guys. Thanks,
9: Brian. All right, thank good, you so much. Yeah. Good to meet you, good to see you, and good to see you.
1: Cheers! All right, you guys have a Are
0: wonderful you... evening. Oh, Troy's taking well, off. Troy, I that... gotta
1: call the dogs. Oh, all right, and... fair enough. Fair you got all the She's dogs out now too, huh? She's yep, yep. A...
6: <laughs>
1: They have me outnumbered. I tried to get Maru on to look, but I got a cab in. But that yeah. was it tonight. All right. I'll happens, try one of the man. dogs next time. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. Good night, folks. Good
0: night. Be well. Bye. All right. Um, well, I'm, let me play something quick, and we'll come back. Sure yeah all I can right. hang on for a little
2: i'll I'll push the bedtime and hang out right.
0: I really have to use the restroom so i'm gonna play uh, a little uh it, not it's just number one a so, lot of
2: coffee and tea so
0: yeah i i drank both of them i i finished <laughs> a lot. I, I finished the coffee and the tea yeah. and I'm all hyper now but um <laughs> and we're and we're partly through the liquid deaths. Mean, Look, liquid death severed line. How can uh, I not drink that?
2: Oh, uh, I think that just sounds so gross. But severed it's a lime. cool name. But yeah, I wouldn't.
0: Yeah. The the story behind liquid death is cool too. It was invented by someone who goes to um, like heavy metal concerts, but he, he doesn't drink. So he made something cool that people can drink who don't want to drink alcohol. Very good. And it's also. Uh, does it's not it's got no uh sugar anything?
2: Oh, all of them have no sugar, or that one in particular.
0: Yeah, all of them. All of them. Oh, wow! Do
2: they use that like nasty ass? No, they're
0: unsweetened. It's it's it's. Oh, uh... it's just not sweet at all. Yeah.
2: Oh, I would try that.
0: Yeah, they're good. You can get that. them still, or I get the carbonated ones. Yeah, but you can get them either way. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So um I'm gonna play this as a clip previously heard on Without Your Head. I had two music lined up. I played the one earlier. We'll have one later on, but right now here's a clip from uh Dan Yeager. Oh Leatherface. Previously heard here on Without Your Head. When you do prepare, when you did prepare for uh to play Leatherface, you know, and you're going back to the original, what were some of the things you picked up about the character for your performance?
7: His his constant motivation is not anger; it's fear. Leatherface is scared of everybody, and the one the one thing we added to uh, to the the, the character um, in the original Leatherface depended on his family to tell him what to do. And you know, like he, he was said, he's he's afraid of all his own
0: family.
7: And, and every, every other human being there, you know, there, there was a, obviously he had an affection for a mother figure somewhere. And, and he also loved grandpa. You know, when, when he and the hitchhiker bring grandpa down to, to dinner, you know, carrying the, the chair and setting him up at the at the table. Leatherface actually kisses Grandpa on the head. You know, and you know he's 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 got a lot of love, but he's constantly afraid. He uh, you know people coming into the house terrified, and he lashed out. Fear fear is so much greater a motivation than than anger. You know, for violence. And that's, that's what Leatherface had. Um, but he was, you know, he, 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 he thought a lot, you know, he, he's not a, a complete imbecile. He, he definitely had a point of view, but he also had, you know, his, his, his self image was entirely in his man, you know, and Gunner Gunner said, um, when we were shooting on the movie, which was a few weeks after we had started, you know, he said, he said, he said, my concept was if you took the mask away, you'd find nobody there. You know, he was the mask. And that was one of the things that we kind of had to add to the character is, you know, he lost everything that was himself in his family. And so, if he wasn't going to die, he was going to have to become some kind of a human being himself, and there really then became somebody behind the mask, and that was kind of the the difference um, in in the in the well how the character evolved between the two movies. WithoutYourHead.com. dot com, Leatherface Dan Yeager says so.
0: Hey, all right. We're back here once again here without your head. Here we are.
2: So you can check out
0: that full interview with uh, Dan Yeager amongst uh, all kinds of interviews on uh, YouTube, on Spotify. That's where the two places you can watch them on video. Um, It's also, if you only want to listen, you can do it on uh, formerly iTunes. Now, what do they call it? It's not iTunes. I'm not an Apple though no, yeah, I'm no not either, right? I actually have Apple products, fan, but, but yeah. I'm
2: not an Apple product person, so I don't know right. that right. world. I'm yeah. I'm not
0: I'm not fancy enough for Apple. And Just big a thanks. simple person. <laughs> and a big thanks to Brian Moore. It was very cool. Yeah. For some I've talked to him in a long time. Yeah. It was very fun. For some reason he was gonna be on the show many different times. I'm glad it worked out. It was really cool, I think. a uh, good fit. With all of us, it was fun. He's a
2: pretty cool guy, right? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah.
0: Brian's a cool guy. And big thanks the to cat. Victor and Allison and Linnea. Yeah, really fun. Very fun, yes. Really, yeah, what a good night. Yes, yes. I'm always well, happy, and I'm not
2: always here every time, which is not like I don't want. I'm avoiding someone, but every time I am here, I'm
0: really happy to be here. I wish. Ah, I could be here. We're, we're happy to have you here.
2: Unfortunately, the real job just. Claws my face off sometimes, and I I can't do it. But but here I am now, and I love it, and I I appreciate everybody who's watching and supporting, and it's awesome to be able to do this.
0: Very cool. So I do recommend. You weren't here last. You couldn't be here last week. Um. So we had the the fellows who made um Attack of the Killer Refrigerators. in uh, nineteen I think oh. 80, and they made it for twenty five bucks. And they're from New yeah, England. I saw them.
2: part of that. I think you told me about the the um, kind of like the making of.
6: Yeah, thing. yeah.
2: And that was, it sounded really cool. Like it was just these two guys just goofing,
6: like
0: yeah, they really were just, and They had a they had a refrigerator thing. sounded like creepy, so they used it for the monster in the movie.
2: Yeah. and they were saying they were just like they would just make content because they had some kind of show. They had like a like a public access sort of college show.
6: Right, and so right. you would just
2: make anything to fill that time, which yeah. is amazing. I'm like that. If if in my world and at that age, I'd had that person, that would I would so sort of have <laughs> just making a bunch of crap.
0: Yeah, so they're very cool. I really recommend the documentary um, by John Campanelli. I I'm sorry, I'm mispronouncing your last name, John, but he's former guest on the show. He made a, a lot of cool documentaries that played at Buff and stuff and um so he made a documentary about their snapping turtle movie that never got finished which is they even had the the turtle like made it looks so wild so i really recommend that documentary
2: there's a lot of tortoise turtles going yeah, on today. I know.
0: so uh can i play some real quick it's only 49 seconds this, what is it this is their what? pitch their pitch for Attack of the Killer Refrigerator Part Two. That no, because we now. just
2: had a pitch. You can't do multi pitches. It's not. Right.
0: Well, like- you can go back and watch it last week. It's very it cool. is one pitch. One for pitch show. for a thing. One but pitch per show. What movie looks amazing? It's going to have one night only at oh, the theater. Oh, Heidi! Mad Heidi! This looks. This looks awesome. It does look
2: awesome. I didn't even see the whole thing. I had this, Neil sent me the trailer. I got partway in. And I was like, "When is this?" Because mm-hmm. I do, I will see more. But it was right before the show. Man, that looks just awesome. It's not even just crazy. It also has the the reality to it that it actually has serious things to say. That's my impression.
0: Yes. What are you doing, Neil Jones? Um, tr- I was trying to find this thing. Um. So anyway, I was asking, I was talking to the Mad Heidi people. they s- ah, So we're yeah. we're going to have guests on for Mad Heidi coming up. I'm not positive when yet, but this is going to be very exciting.
2: That's really
0: cool. Yes.
2: So when is that going to be out?
0: That's out next. So June June. Tw- June 21st, one night only Fathom event. Now that's one night only. Sometimes that you know sometimes that expands when these things do well so but it could only be one night so go and see it support it and um perhaps it could get further or if not even this one night they might give other shots to some weird crazy stuff
2: Mm -hmm. that's the whole all of this i really think snowballed with terrifier 2. terrifier 2 came out and It expanded, and now I feel like there's more of these. Maybe not, maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but it seems like there is more of this one night give it a chance for horror in particular.
0: I, yeah, I agree. And I, I know there's people this uh, a lot of uh, people that I'm friendly with, and they, they're very anti Terrifier movies in general for various reasons. But I think no matter what you think of, of Terrifier as a movie. That it's done, it it is good for horror in general because a lot of things have gotten the, the shot to go theatrically that would never have even had that shot before.
2: I'm thinking about like what, so Terrifier 2 is this really, really crazy, uber uber violent, ultra, ultra violent, mm-hmm. I would even say. um, And what are the movies that have come out after that that I've had one night? because I know the P- Winnie the Pooh thing the Winnie the Pooh and, which is and, also and, super violent I didn't see it but you can it's Winnie the Pooh killing people
0: Yeah, and and they just announced they're making a sequel and it's got a lot more money for the sequel because it did you know it made money at the theater so I honestly what other
2: horror movies have come out though I'm trying to see if there's a theme like it paved the oh. way. But um, it gave the way for specific horror.
0: Not necessarily, because then we also had, and uh, we weren't f- fans of, it, but um, Skinnamarink. Yeah. Ennis Men. Um, they're more related, I think. hmm Um, there. Um, I mean, maybe you can even argue Nefarious in, on some level. Maybe that wouldn't have. Been, I don't know. But there's been uh, a lot. There was a lot that just came and went. Um that aren't necessarily memorable but it it does seem like besides the the big marquee movies that will you know the mcu and stuff like that there's always like uh as far as like independent movies um it's the horror stuff that are getting releases Mm -hmm. and it's it's
2: not like it's just so for the people that maybe don't like Terrifying. right? The idea so was is,
0: I see you're saying like yeah. there would be a trend of we're just going to make these really mean spirited ultra violent films, and that's not uh, yeah. I you could argue Winnie the Pooh definitely, but I don't think it's been, I don't think we've not really Iniz seen a rise of that.
2: this Man is or yeah no, it, is a like compl-
0: yeah, totally skin and marine, opposite yeah.
2: realm that's super art house, nothing like either of those movies. Skin and Marink, same, mm-hmm. so it's. It's broad, and I think it's wonderful. And I hope that... Kind of like Lovecraft. Like, you might uh, really hate Lovecraft for reasons that could be totally valid, right? Mm -hmm. There there is a lot of nasty stuff for people that's fine if they don't like it. And at the same time, without Lovecraft, horror wouldn't exist the way it does. Like Stephen King has said, and maybe some people don't like Stephen King too, but has said, and so many have said so many horror creators have given that credit to lovecraft because he just did things that hadn't been done
0: yeah a a lot of a lot of the king stuff is people can will say it's lovecraftian like uh yeah like it and uh everything on you know the what pennywise actually is and the big tortoise go to back to tortoises and uh there's a lot of you know the cosmic horror in, in the mm-hmm. different Stephen King stories.
2: Well, like The Thing, John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. I know John Carpenter's The Thing is based on the old old The Thing, but Lovecraft was around before that black and white thing, and the stuff in John Carpenter's The Thing is, and he credits Love. I think he's even in one of. I don't quote me. I think he's in one of the Lovecraft documentaries talking about.
0: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah.
2: So some of my favorite films. That's actually how I got bridged into Lovecraft. Like, ages, like I was a kid, and I, hopefully, bought and didn't steal a Lovecraft book. Hopefully, <laughs> bought. Right,
1: right, right.
2: Uh, and I still have that book. It's got. It's old.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I started it, and I kind of, for whatever reason, as many of the books that I have, I started and like mm, it trails away. But then the movies I was getting into, the horror movies I was getting into, I didn't realize at the time they were so. Interconnected to Lovecraft style, and then over time, it was like, oh my lord! Like my top top horror films are so Lovecraftian. So that really just blew it wide open for me, and I really got, I mean, very very invested in in
0: Lovecraft. Yeah, I need to uh, I need to check some out. I've been flying through the King books. I li- I listen to a lot of Clyde Barker stuff. No comparison, um, and I don't no. mean that
2: Lovecraft is better. I mean, it
0: it is so
2: distinct, his style. And people, I mean, I don't know if you can, it might be that stereotypical, you love it or you hate it. Right. Very, very different. It's bleak. Mm
6: -hmm. It's usually
2: just one person. It's about, I was going to mention this and I didn't. It's about explorers. Like every character who is the narrator is is having some kind of exploration discovery. And so you're kind of going along with this person through that process of discovery. I don't know if there's any, Brian had mentioned this earlier, I don't know if there's any Lovecraft story that has some kind of even mildly, I wouldn't even say happy ending, like a, a like bland ending, like a, a, like a regular life. Like no one goes back to regular life. There's no mm-hmm. regular life at the end of a Lovecraft story ever. So I know you like that. It'll be interesting. I don't know if you'll like it, but I think you should at least try it yeah.
0: no and it's I think it's good to to have that knowledge you know to to reference other horror that's come since
2: and that's something too. I think people don't have necessarily don't like lovecraft because of the social political stuff. you can might like just not like lovecraft like right Not right, everybody right. likes a lot of things yeah you know? well
0: that that is something that is annoying to me is um if you don't like uh, an actor or a filmmaker, whatever, sometimes people will attack you saying, oh, you don't like them because they're whatever. And it's like, well, I could just not like them because I don't think their stuff is good.
2: Yeah. I think that's very important
0: for people to realize is that
2: maybe you just don't like it.
0: Right, right. Um, I was very excited to see us earlier today people knows ever heard me probably i love creep show one of my favorite <laughs> horror movies it's the first vhs tape my mom ever bought me and for years they put out dvds and there's nothing on them just plain dvd they put out all these special editions of part two which is enjoyable but it's nothing compared to the first one mm-hmm. they even put out a friggin' special edition of the third one which is a <laughs> film what why, why that deserves i was like did they just run out of films now that we've got to put out <laughs> the special edition creep show three so finally from my scream factory a special edition of the original creep show and i'm like i i hate to say this i don't buy a lot of physical media i would like to but i end up watching the streaming things but because of the specials that's what i why i do buy a certain physical media because i love commentary tracks and all the different specials this has multiple commentary tracks i'm very wow. excited wow really mm-hmm. it has old george oh. romero commentary track really? and then it has new commentary tracks and it was like from ed, harris? ed harris Kimball? no no it, it, they don't Some no, ed Harris. people will not talk about the movie i don't know it's a generally good movie it is a good movie but I'm very excited about this.
2: That is really cool. Physical media. it's so funny when um it came up about what age brackets. I feel like I'm Brian showed off his his collection. I've sadly been shifting oh, God, my collection it? along, but i'm I'm thinking of keeping, like, okay, I'll keep a few that are especially meaningful to me. And that creep show, I don't know. Creep show is one of my first loves of horror. like real, I love horror movies.
0: Yeah. It's got everything. It um the stories are fun. Mm-hmm. It's got amazing creatures in it. It's got uh, the acting's really good and it's got it's got young uh actors at that time. It's got vet, a lot of veteran actors. Um yeah. every story is was different.
2: even doing comedy then
6: at all?
0: I don't no no I think it was right before he really because he was I think people you know who only know him afterwards they just think he was always this we, weird goofy guy but he was a you know leading man serious actor until later in life weird. yeah so yeah i think it's probably right around the time when he started doing that mm-hmm. hal Holbrook. yeah There's a ton of people in that yeah loaded
2: start studded
0: mm-hmm. huge very quotable maybe yeah. my most quotable movie uh, i just love creep it is wonderful and i feel so sad for people that haven't seen it yeah i for i wouldn't mention this when brian's actually about the physical media thing so this laptop actually does have it i believe it does but my new computer that i have which i i it's so good at rendering videos way better than my old one but it has no drive wow and i asked uh tyler or what the webmaster here the unseen member of without your head and I was like, "How am I? How how do you put CDs and DVDs?" In? And he's like, "What the hell are you talking about?" I'm like, "It's got no disc drive." And he's like, "Why? Well, how, how old are you? Why do you need a disc drive?" And I was like, "Well, I like to I like to put I I put in movies in it, and mm-hmm. I'll turn. That's part of the reason I also like commentary tracks because a lot of times I'll be making graphics or something, and I like something to listen to, mm-hmm. and I don't want to watch a movie I'm not seeing." And do that because then you can't yeah. pay attention, but you could put the commentary track on and I don't have to watch it constantly because I've already seen it. So that's something I like to do. And he was just dumbfounded that I would even want. He's like not that much younger. No, no. He's only a couple years. Maybe younger.
2: 10 years younger.
0: No, not even that. Really? Yeah, okay. I think he's well, like three know. or but four. But he is a
2: very modern yeah. uh, tech man. So mm-hmm. I'm sure he's goes with the times.
0: So I had to buy like. Neil a, Jones
2: listens to Smashing Pumpkins yeah I over the times. how have things worked out for you on spotify
0: oh uh, what do you mean like because oh. you got
2: on spotify and we were talking about recently about like
0: music yeah nothing no, like, no, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but i don't i haven't really listened to a lot of music i'm usually listening to audiobooks so mm-hmm. but uh i should well or, I, what I, mean- I do is that uh, this is this a little game I play is sometimes I'll turn on the, I think it's on Spot. No, it's Amazon Music. Amazon Music, and it'll be like your soundtrack or something. Yeah. And it's like I guess they use AI of things you listen to and they form a yeah. soundtrack. And so I'll play the first five, and in my mind I'll think this has to be the soundtrack of a biopic about yourself. And so I listen to the first five tracks and try to make a story out of how, how what this what it would be about, mm-hmm. which. It's a mm-hmm. stupid little you game. I play. If Spotify does all
2: kinds of crazy crap. Yeah. You'll get your year in review, which is really cool.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's
0: like was, so Neil
2: know. did not expand his
0: horizons. That's okay. No, maybe we will eventually. You don't have to. You no, don't have exactly. to.
2: Just like some people don't like Lovecraft, some people are going to enjoy the movie that they know, the music they know. Uh, they uh, movies
0: that. are much different. I, I like to watch new stuff all the time. Yes. Um, and to end the series, I, there's a lot of, all this, uh, TV series, it's, there's just so many, it's hard to watch. And then every once in a while, it's kind of fun though. Cause if I find a new one, then I just binge watch it all the way through. So
2: I think I get, so see, I'm a little bit different with movies. I will watch new movies and like them, but I usually will not seek them out on my own. Like I will have background movies or tv to fall asleep i very rarely when i'm on my own watch an entire movie unless i have like like an assignment an assignment <laughs> right, right. that yeah. and that's good it's not like oh i have to watch this it's like okay now i've got like i can justify it basically if that makes any sense i don't know if it does but yeah i'm kind really of... or i'll just play dark shadows in the background to <laughs> fall asleep to and yeah. repeat it every damn night
0: Fair enough. So to backtrack a little bit, we're talking about movies getting a theatrical release. Now, I don't know, you know, maybe this would have anyway, but I was pleasantly surprised to see that the angry black girl and her monster is going to be released theatrically uh, June 9th.
2: That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's great. That was such a good movie. How was that interview that's an interview i really wish i could have been
0: there. yeah so i did uh i did two this week for um or last week for the angry black girl and her monster uh with the with the star Leia and with the um leah hayes and with the um the director bomani j story and both of them uh really cool interviews so they'll be up uh, i'm not I can't post them until. Well, I could if I if I wanted to, I guess. But they asked me not to post them until that week, so uh, they'll come out at the beginning of June.
2: Very cool. Yeah, both of them were great. That's
0: uh, that was Bomanis' first um, feature film. What did um, what was before that? He made some shorts. That's right. But he never made a feature. And Leia is really interesting because actually a fairly big actress. Mm -hmm. Um, She's a voice in a lot of like. Cartoons, I don't really know, but I mean they're like big stuff.
2: Uh now I want to know. How do you spell our name?
0: Uh I'll look it up here quick. Leia. It's like Le- Leia De Leon Hayes.
2: That did not help. De Leon. You get you get all of that is not
6: spellable. So it's
0: Leia L-A-L-A-Y-A. Delion, which is D-E-L-E-O-N. Oh, I did that one right. Wow. All right. And Hayes, H A Y E S. Yeah, she oh, was. So uh cute. She's the voice of Doc McStuffins, which Whoa. apparently is a fairly big uh, cartoon, a children's cartoon from 2014 to 20, 2020. Doc McStuffins. Yeah. She's goodness. on the show. for oh, like little,
2: little kids show yeah, yeah right. i thought you little. meant like adult weird no cartoon. no no she she's
0: young herself she started acting when she was like six episodes yeah she's in kung fu wow. panda the I tv series panda. she's um queen latifah's daughter on the equalizer tv show
2: i love queen latifah as an actress i
0: i always like her so uh this was her first um feature film her first time uh being the the lead on, on a film In her first uh, independent film. So it was, it was really interesting to talk to her. And and, um, she seemed really excited about the movie and the experience, which was really cool because she's done like some big things, a lot of big things. And this, um, she said it was really freeing. I don't give the whole interview, but she said it was really freeing as an actor to do an independent film Mm -hmm. where like a series on like a net- network series like you have to just be there say your lines and yeah. this you had was you know you could actually be more artistic like you could you know Yeah. Uh, it is so interesting how people.
2: really it seems like at the end of the day everybody does want to work indie. Like I just posted on the group that Nicolas Cage like had his teeth filed down to put dentures on for the part of Dracula. Yeah. And yeah like some of these people that are do do these big roles
6: mm-hmm. that
2: then prefer well we in a long time ago with uh elijah wood when he did maniac mm-hmm. and that he will make his big budget movies like he was doing lord of the rings and all of this and then did maniac and produced greasy strangler and all this crazy crazy stuff I because i think really
0: I think that's People what he that didn't are actually,
2: do. actually, actually interested in acting. Want to do things that are
6: atypical. Same thing with not the,
0: the, the guy who played Harry Potter. The same way he—he, he, I mean, yeah. since Harry Potter, he could be an A-list actor, and he does all this wacky stuff, yeah. and I like that.
6: Yeah.
2: Yeah, Barnabas Collins is awesome. I have never gotten all the way. I mean, it's like thousands of shows because I think it was a daily, like a
6: yeah, a soap it was opera. a yeah, it was yeah, a soap and opera. uh.
0: I have to oh. check my old gaming closet sometime because I used to have this Barnabas Collins board game, That's and me. it was be- predated me. It was like a hand down to me from the wow. from the seventies. If I it had really besides Barnabas on the cover, it really has nothing to do with them. But if I can find it, well, sometime, it
2: could be Dark Shadows things, right? That aren't Barnabas things.
0: I mean, they're just skeletons in the game. Basic. I don't oh. think it really. I think they they're, they are
2: skeletons is a part of. Uh the show because there's like a dream sequence that happens to the characters where one character will have a dream sequence and part of it is seeing the skeleton and it's very terrifying and if you don't pass on the story to a Mm -hmm. new person you'll dream will kill you
0: no maybe it did and then
2: you're like compelled it's really it's cool i mean there's yeah episode two 210, that's so funny you say that, because when I started, so I'd seen it, like, when Sci-Fi Network used to actually be not S-Y, whatever Mm -hmm. BS it is now, and that's how I caught it, and uh, now we're in the modern era where you could just see whatever, and I started watching it from the beginning, because I thought, oh, you're supposed to watch everything from season one, episode one, it is not horror at all, there's no nothing horror it is a kind of it's like atmospheric it's in maine and it's it's kind of dark all the time but but the characters are more scheming like there's like bad guys um but there's no no horror until that one episode that's getting named there and all of a sudden everything really, changes it goes it just goes crazy. It's very, very different. There's it, it's crazy. Oh.
0: So that's the I have that somewhere. I I well I had as a kid. I don't know. I think I still have it somewhere. But you basically just had to build build a skeleton.
2: What's this little <laughs> picture in the corner? Which one? It looks like I it's got like kids laughing. I can't tell what it oh, is. Oh, I
0: think that's the instructions.
2: No, no, but the, so what's the is... picture
0: of the kids laughing?
2: But at any rate, yeah, the skeleton was—it was something that was, mm-hmm. uh, like I said. And and I there's never, so many I episodes liked I haven't it at the seen. Time. There's like eight, at least eight hundred episodes I haven't seen yet. Right. And there's a werewolf at some point. I don't even know when that happens.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that either. Interesting. There's all kinds of stuff.
2: They go back in time. It's crazy. It's awesome. I love it. It's so cheesy.
6: Sachs, lines
2: or like talk over each other then but you you had to get it that one day so there's like times where i could tell one of the women who's doing it is, is probably hung over pretty badly <laughs> uh-huh. yeah it's fun and then you'll have like i had one playing in the background today and there's like those stand-in people will come so you'll right. have like some it's just i it's fun I'll stop talking about Dark Shadows. I clearly love it.
0: No, it's very cool. Um, Something you emailed earlier, too, about uh, Fred Heads. It's a documentary about uh, Freddy Krueger fans. And they filmed oh, it over gotcha. several years at, at conventions. Interesting. And uh, so that's coming out. Um, you may have guests hmm. on from that, which would be cool, I think. So.
2: Do they include the controversy of the newer nightmare on elm street that had the new freddy who has the more
0: yeah i'm not i don't know i, I haven't watched it yet so i don't know too much about it but i'm, I, I, I'm sure i think i'm facebook friends with the original filmmaker so i'm interested yeah. in
2: it. i'm really curious because i know that's such a huge controversy for nightmare on elm street fans as they had freddy there he is he's bad and you know that there's stuff with kids but then the new one, I can't remember the title.
0: If they It's just Nightmare on Elm Street, I think, the new one.
2: And it's like, this guy is a job monster.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's clear from when you watch your first one, he is, but they don't, they don't spell it out for you. And from what I understand in the original script, there was more about it and they, they you know, they cut it out or not cut it out. They just didn't film it. Um. But the thing is, when you do the remake after you have the whole Nightmare on Elm Street series and he becomes more comedic as the as the yeah. as the series goes on and he's still kind of creepy in it, honestly. But um, but it's not like it's not a feel bad like, oh, this is a child. Must- so you the idea of doing the remake about that is interesting, but it's. It just it feels seedy to me to do it because you have people have like Freddy Krueger tattoos who wear the shirts and they're like, hey, I love this character because he's kind of a fun character to like see kill people and not a feel bad kind of way. And then you make it like he's overt. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, well, now I just feel like a weirdo, like celebrating the character. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's weird anyway to say, like, but I'm fine with him as just a child killer. <laughs> there's a really, it's a, the documentary, which is awesome, Never Sleep Again. It's a very long documentary about every every episode of, of the film, of the films, know. all the films. And there's a lot about uh, Freddy versus Jason. And one of the original scripts, I think it's a good idea, but it would be so hard to do for the same reasons. And in this script was pre when Freddie was still a child murderer before mm-hmm. he's you know the supernatural character, he molests and kills Jason before he's on before, like as so when like, Jason drowned, yes, he's the one who, oh, that's who wild. so he molests and and kills Jason as wait, a kid. Wait, oh, wait a minute, why would he? He drowns him so he doesn't tell anybody. So wait, why
2: is he hanging around Camp Christian?
0: I don't know. Well, they don't go into every detail, but that okay. the the whole that's the backstory, and mm-hmm. then that's why they fight in the future is mm-hmm. because he did. Kind of, and I was like, it's kind of an interesting idea, but like so you'd put that movie out there, then you'd have both fans and like, well, my hero is this molester, and then the other people like my molest my hero is like this kid that got I mean, like, it would just... I think it would just... Instead of going and just having fun with these two characters, you would... I think it would just make, like, the audiences feel bad. Mm-hmm. Be Especially kinda, because
2: know. people who like those movies usually like both of them. And to be like, Freddy killed Jason as a child is...
0: Right. No good. And I'm just going to say this. I, I know some people get mad at me, but the first the first four... uh, Friday the 13th... Well... Th- Two to th- you can argue one but the sequels make it clear he's alive Jason is not a ghost or all these things that people say are a zombie mm-hmm. he's a living person until four where mm-hmm. he's killed then he comes back from the dead for the one many reasons but one thing is if he died in the first movie yeah. how does he come back? as a grown adult zombie that wouldn't that makes no sense so if he was a ghost or a spirit or a zombie and these other ones he'd still be a child
2: why why do you why know Why would he grow up afterlife because he becomes back as a force that could avenge himself instead of a child he can't avenge himself as a child oh well, like well he's ever he's a, he, it's, it a, it's a
0: physical him. being so what did he possess some some no, he's Dude. just,
2: he's, what do they call that? Materialized. He,
0: he also makes, he makes, uh, uh he gets heard in those movies. He makes noise. He runs. And then, uh, and he makes, he makes a shrine to his mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, And he's, then they, in the second one, they show he's even eating like animals and stuff. So, mm-hmm.
2: so what do you think you, so, okay. What happens in the
0: lake? So you have to take a little bit of a leap of faith from the first one to the second one. Then they go, "What?" To me, it's very just basic. Is she kills everyone because in her mind her son was murdered, but he really was already he's retarded in the in the in the original character. And then because she even talks about him being special, but she doesn't say it outright.
2: You Neil, know, we don't use that word anymore.
0: Well, it's it's not used as an insult here. It's an actual word. So, and then, um, so he doesn't actually die. He's out watch. He's out in in the in the wilderness watching his mom kill these people stuff. But he doesn't become a killer until he sees his mother get killed. Mm. And then to get revenge for her, he he goes and finds the woman who killed her, kills her, and then he goes on a big killing spree. There's also flashbacks in uh, in one of them to uh, where J- uh, it almost seems like he's trying to rape the woman. And there's like he's clearly a living being up until the fourth one where he's actually killed. Hmm. To me, there's no argument. I
2: I'm not. That's all fine. I'm just the, the whole jump from the lake
0: to to two. Yeah, but well, just, the, the end like, is a dream. Out? Is the it, end is a dream. Like the, the end's a dream sequence. Like she does, he doesn't really jump out of the lake.
2: No, but I mean, he died. It's, yeah,
0: years before scary. the move before that movie, though.
2: Yeah, so he's just been in. When the they water. made
0: the first one, he was supposed to be dead, but then they start. So the second one starts up. Hey, he's actually he never did die. That was just legend that he was that he mm-hmm. was murdered. So where drowned. was he
2: all that time when he living was living out in the woods?
0: Why when he was grew he up?
2: living in the woods and his he just doesn't come out?
0: Well, he watches people. People see him and stuff. But uh, yeah, he's living out in the years? woods, living in a shack. Yeah, for twenty years,
2: his mom is alive, right? Right. How long ago did he die? Completely?
0: Well, even even in the first movie, it's it's like it's a long time ago. It's not like the last year. So or she something.
2: didn't like go to the camp and and
0: this. She's like, still at the camp.
2: So why wouldn't he just go to his mom if he loves her so much?
0: Because he's not all there. Not buying it. It's not great writing, but uh, <laughs> but it's clear that he's that he's he's supposed to be alive in part two. You know what?
2: I think that uh, people just wanted to do it and they did. And there's
0: no there's yeah, no if, logic. If around you it. watch a second one, he's supposed to be a living person.
2: Sure. And I don't think there's any way to match up. It's like Michael Myers is shot. Now you can try to logic that and have like stories behind it. I'm not saying these like,
0: are like great, you, like uh, yeah, very realistic saying, like, films just, or anything.
2: No, that's what I'm saying. It's like, can people just like take it for what it is and be like, all right, in this first one, this is a story. And guess what? That gets dropped and we we do this new thing.
0: Oh, like well, the reboot—not necessarily. I mean, no, they don't—they I mean, they, they like, do don't bypass. It's not no, like no, 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 no. it's not I like a direct even, sequel that skips over the other sequels.
2: No, I'm no, I'm saying that. So the first Jason story, we have the idea he's dead.
0: Right, but they could have just have been wrong.
2: And then just forget it. Just forget, like just pretend that didn't happen, and just continue with a new story, and just. Don't even well, try. Well, they that. could
0: have if they just made Absolutely. it. But but he's still the same person. I mean, he's referenced in the first movie.
2: Yeah, but you just why tie the two together is what I'm saying. Why even bother to try?
0: Because they used to know that uh, back then that you, uh, which I do like, is how they show the the ending of the previous movie at the beginning. I mean, of like as the part.
2: audience members who know that it's not logical. Why try to create logic if it's never going to work?
0: It's never going to work. Well, I mean, there's nothing very logical in any of these movies. No. I mean, Horseshack so comes why and I try sticks to force a pole it? in the Why game try then? to
2: force it? If it's not logical anyways, why even drive people? People go out of their minds trying to make these things match up. And It's like it's not real. <laughs> like, what, if, what if we found
0: out this is a documentary and it's not even a film people made? Mm-hmm. It was the first uh, reality television. But they're mm-hmm. making a uh, prequel show, I believe, which i'm interested in but i don't know if there's ever been an origin story of any of these slashers that i didn't think was just rotten what is this guy what is it it's like a they're making a series about jason as a kid like i i'm the hannibal lecter origins horrendous uh all the the two prequels they made of leatherface to explain him they're terrible I don't know if there's ever been, maybe there's probably something, maybe I'm, I'm skipping, but whenever they do these origin stories of these like slasher, they're never good. I don't, you don't really want to know.
2: Well, I will say that I think it's not a, the full movie, but I think the origin of Pinhead is good. I oh, think like it's, when it's they're doing
0: good. the second
6: one?
2: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think it's interesting to see what they came from, but it's not, and I actually would probably watch that movie. I would mm-hmm. probably would watch. That's
6: like, a good example.
0: Said, I'm sure yeah.
2: Yeah, what led this man down this path to do this thing? I think that's right. an interesting. That would story. be a, that
0: would be a good one actually. I think that's a good example. A lot of these other ones, it's the the story of Jason and Leatherface is not about. Wow, I wonder how they became that. Where where the Hell Hellraiser would be more interest. Like, what would lead a guy to not just become like become a Cenobite, but even lead down that path to like to pursue this.
2: Yeah. To seek it out. And what do they actually think they're getting into? Like, what does this guy really think is going to happen? But then it's so who was Chatterer? in theory was a child. Mm-hmm. So how did that even happen? Like, I just think that there's a lot of. Yeah. I, things I things
0: never about. really care for that idea, but I mean, I guess that anything's possible, but it's, it's kind of neat that they show these things and it, it brings up, you mm-hmm. know, questions. Yes.
2: Maybe it's just hard to depict a childhood of, it's different when you're thinking about why does a man or an adult make the choices they make?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But showing a child is, Right. I don't know,
0: different. Um, I, oh, I forget who, I'm sorry, but someone sent this in. Dinner with Leatherface, horror icons remember Gunnar Gunner Hansen in an oh. upcoming documentary feature.
2: Really, that's wonderful. When is that going to happen?
0: Pull this up. It's on um, bloodydisgusting.com. So thanks to those <laughs> folks. I think it might have been Pepe Petit to send it to me.
2: Oh, where is Pepe today? And Colleen, where are you, Pepe yeah. and Colleen? Uh,
0: mm. uh, the release of Dinner with Leatherface is scheduled for this October to coincide with the 50th anniversary theatrical wow. release of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh my Lord. Wow. Wow. Anniversary. wow. I, get I thought that John was a nineteen
2: seventy-four movie, but I guess they know better than
0: <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh I yeah, it is. Yeah, nineteen seventy four. Then it
2: Okay so thank it, you.
0: that would be next year then.
2: Well, it's coming out and it sounds amazing and it's cool. I think this year is the fiftieth anniversary of Wickerman, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I actually tried to get a um, a guest on from Wicker Man, but I didn't get a reply. Did you really? Who was that? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the I forget you... her name of the girl who dances.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, Britt Eklund. Yes. Did she yeah. actually say no the
0: hell with you, Neil Jones? No, or no, I, guess... I I didn't get a reply. I didn't get a reply. So I mean, I I contacted like one of her agents of some sort, but mm. you know, I'll try some other ways. It would be pretty sweet.
2: I wonder if the little girl is around. Mm, That's
0: a good question, yeah. Directed by Michael Callio, who did Mutant Swingers for Mars. The documentary will feature interviews from several of Hanson's friends and colleagues, including fellow actors Bruce Campbell, Barbara Crampton, Kane Hodder, and Brian Hmm. (laughs) O'Halloran. Nothing against Brian O'Halloran, that seems very out of place to me, but... Hmm. Where's John? I was just thinking that, and I and John. I mean, hopefully they're involved as well. But I, I hope do so. think if you don't have like any actual uh, people from the original movie, his co-stars, it's kind of yeah, questionable. Yeah,
2: that's
6: to really.
0: Me. Mm. Uh, Kim Henkel will also is in it, though, which he's never involved in anything. Kim Henkel, who the the guy actually wrote it, who never gets credit for it it at all.
2: Oh, I feel bad. Um, The Hitchhiker, Bill?
0: Uh Oh, Ed Neal? Yes. Ed Neal?
2: Yeah, so it's not like there's no one one around. I don't understand. There's that. quite a that's few people. I would think both of them would do it too.
0: Yeah. I'm sure they would.
2: Who knows what goes on in these back room decisions.
0: And if they decided just not to even list those names. That would um that's odd. very odd to me. Yeah. Like I get Bruce you, you you know Bruce Campbell obviously huge. But the idea of like let's talk to these really big people and not the people that actually uh yeah. You know, it's kind of questionable to me. So uh, Daniel Harris, I pulled it up on IMDb. Danielle Harris, Bruce Campbell, Linnea Quigley, Barbara Crampton, Michelle Bauer, Tiffany Shepist, Debbie Rashan. Oh, Ed Neal is in it. So that's okay. Good. Uh, mm-hmm. Terry McMinn, who's the uh, the yes. the hook girl. that's very cool. Mark Burnham, who played Leatherface in the uh, in the new one. Dan Yeager and John Dugan is also. Oh, okay. Over. I was, my heart was it's cracking. It's weird, weird for me for Bloody Disgusting, which is a horror website, not to include at least the mention of like some of the original cast members.
2: Yeah. Because anybody who really loves Texas um, Chainsaw who knows who Gunnar Hansen is, is going to know those people's names. Yeah. Well, it is what it is, and I think that sounds really cool. I'm very interested. Oh, Bob
0: Elmore. Oh, oh yeah, nice. pretty, very cool. Uh, Alan Danzinger, who I talked to a while ago about coming on. We should—I should look that back up. I'll try to get him on. We—I never talked to him before.
2: So. Oh, my! Uh, time has definitely—we have just arrived at the 11 o'clock hour, right. at PST, and I am way past my
0: All right. working so, person bedtime. Um, next week uh, rick chandler is going to come back to the show oh, he's really? got a new cool. um a new uh, project he wants to talk about so that'd be cool yeah and probably someone else he's going to be on the second hour possibly kansas bowl in the first hour anyway probably someone else in the first hour and then rick in the second hour so that'd be very cool very nice
2: um, i want to learn about his uh Scurrying around New England, going into abandoned places.
0: Yeah, he finds some really cool places. Yeah,
2: I see. Uh, he does such amazing photography, and the pictures he posts are just freaking great. He's so talented.
0: So let's see. I'm gonna pull up the. You can get these new shirts. I got one for myself.
2: Should say Barnabas.
0: Yeah, but I would probably get. I'd probably get taken off uh, Amazon if i put barnabas but dracula is public domain aha uh-huh. uh, so you can do so was in frankenstein so is was uh dr jekyll mr hyde so isn't the visible man a lot of the classic ones are public domain so you may be seeing more of these style on my amazon <laughs> but uh no very fun and anyway so we're gonna play um sorrow seeds gonna play us out and we'll be back next week Thank you to all our cool guests, all the people that were in and out of the chat. Very cool people tonight. Great guests. And of course, to the terrible one, Annabelle. It's been a great time.
2: It has been a very great time. Bye, everybody.
6: Bye.
8: of system that is slaughtered What is populating the outer crust of the scorched earth? Crematical crusade, spray ashes onto the water Storm that is slaughtered, straggling blood Deliverance is a fragile dream, the comfort of a foe Pain is for the war machine, made by a molten core The mortal man is cruel, but those desires are never more A self-pitching, genocide, damn the tragedy on the side Crossed by watch with eternal vision, a war Set a chain for dying species Artillery fires through the mill. So we didn't break your fortune with a new disease. The least mortal shell that crumbles away One more soul to meet. A coward's cause of falling prey Languished in the gates of oblivion Older gods and his servitors Prepare for a stygian face The festering fabric of reality will split With a gaming obsession Cosmic eyes watch With eternal vision No more to beat <laughs> the engine